Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, we are joined in studio today by uh, some of our good friends. We have... Uh, my brother is here. Hi. Hi, Clay. Hi. Um, he specifically had the assignment to uh, watch, and then we're going to uh, uh, discuss... Uh, the 1998 classic Wild Things starring Denise Richards and Matt Dillon and that other broad Bill Murray has a minor supporting role Nev Campbell Nevy Cammy baby <laughs> and uh, our dear friend Caroline Steinkamp is here Caroline Hi. Steinkamp uh, St. Louis's own uh, singer songwriter songbird extraordinaire and she's going to be hanging out with us today Joe say hi to everybody hey guys Hey, Joe. Ooh, Caroline, we're going to talk about you in a minute, but I thought we'd all get a little warmed up here with just some of the some some headlines and some stuff I was reading this morning, just so we can really shake the dust off, you know, the gump. I was just going to ask, how are we going to address the gump? Mm -hmm, Exactly this way. Up top. Um, so yeah, so we are recording this 12, 21, 2020, and, uh, I read this morning, new study finds that more than 80% of COVID patients observed are vitamin D deficient. Mm. Somebody knock on some fucking wood. I take personally 1500 I use every single day. And I started with a double dose of 3000 because I read that if you're really depleted, like I probably was, or could still be that, you know, your body needs to be told to start receiving the D. <laughs> yeah, so you have you felt or seen well a exactly difference? exactly the point see i work at a school and we've been back in the building since october and i've yet to get covid right and i wear my mask and i keep you know a little hand sanitizer in my pocket and i refill it every day when i get home and maybe it could be all that but i can also feel my experiences of for example negative symptoms from the ssris that i take to keep from crying in bed all the time i feel like mm-hmm. those are getting better Right. I feel uh, I don't feel this great fatigue that um, not that I maybe used to feel, but just I don't feel fatigue particularly. I like to go to sleep, but I'm not like falling asleep at the red light and whatnot. Love to hear that. Are you on a, I, are you on a supplement? I take a, um, a women's daily. It's a Ooh, little gummy. Once a day women's gummy. Something like that. Yeah. And then I take a little bit of iron. Mm. And do you have a prescription um, for the iron or you just get that over the counter? I, I just get it over the counter. Oh, and then I also am periodically just taking like an emergency just to like mm, just I mean I like the know, flavor. Get that and you get that me, little sizzle. Boost. You know what I like to do is mix it with one of these like sparkling waters mm-hmm. and then it's like an orange soda. Does it get foamy at the kind top of. though? A little bit, a little bit, but but it's worth it. I need the bubbles. Was there vitamin D added to Sunny D? I could Maybe see that. A little. Like vitamin D fortified type of thing. That'd be nice because it's not all juice. So, But if it's water and some juice and some tang powder, and then you pump it up with a little vitamin D, that helps the nutrition facts. People used to read those. Mm-hmm. I, I, I heard yes. that everyone has a good amount of vitamin D. Of D. I think the cannabinoids also help. I don't know what your regimen is. I know my wife is doing uh, a a nightly CBD gummy. Um, Can't hurt. You know what I mean. And, uh, and but I also understand that you haven't been drinking lately. So yeah, I'm I also off the sauce. Of... It's my sacrifice for the troops. <laughs> so... <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we she didn't know if I was serious or not, and then Clay had to gag on his microphone. <laughs> 
for the troops i mean no, I, um really you I, know i would think that you would i would hope that you would think that i understood you better than that but it's um you know. it's you know since covid you know i just got really hammered drunk by myself down here um yeah. march 20 20th or 21st and just was just i just felt terrible for like four days i got like feverish and like just felt gross and I, I don't know if it was all that but it had been a crazy um week anyway so i don't know i just haven't really been back it's, it feels more like a dietary restriction really um but it's also improved my life i think emotionally and socially yeah i'm thinking of doing the no boost thing next month for sure yeah i mean mm, just for me it's just because January. like i'm not going out like i'm not going to um bars, bars or, or you shows, know what i mean like and well like and that's the thing i think so that's i think that's also made it easier but like i've actually gigged and just drink diet coke or whatever and i'm totally fine with that mm-hmm. um you know amongst my other my, my daily regimen uh and whatnot do you have mm-hmm. a guest i have a roommate oh okay sanjay sanjay gupta he was paying me back for the jameson that i bought him so yes dr sanjay gupta just um paid me back for the jameson is he a clean roommate i mean do you notice um so here's the thing here blink twice hear me right now blink blink twice if you're safe what's that (laughs) oh he can't hear me that's why it's funny it is um and we have a symbiotic thing i like to think um he feeds my cats i take out the trash you know i decorate the home he does the dishes Mm -hmm. things like this um but neither of us are really clean freaks no so it's like a moderate level of grime i'm loving it i'm loving it i'm loving it it's good to have that give and take (laughs) so i don't know so maybe vitamin d is a good idea is sanjay taking vitamin d every day I don't think so. We need to I just think, tell. It's worth it. I really do feel the difference. The and don't at me. I know that there's going to be my health nerd friends that listen to this. are going to be like, well, actually. And listen, they can go fucking spray a porta potty with diarrhea if they're so bored. Because I don't want to hear it. Are they I'm trying doing to better my life. the like um, sun worshipping thing, though? Do you know what I'm getting at? <laughs> like they're trying um, to say, get outside, you fat piece of shit. And it's maybe called photosynthesis. Take- no, like... Mm. It's been very popular on the internet lately. Um, these memes of like people receiving oh the, the like the um, they like tan their booty hole for the uh-huh. vitamin D. Yeah, no, yeah. Someone, oh, I heard about that. Someone commented. I shared this article on social mediums, and somebody commented that um, that's why they tan their their booty hole. Yeah, because that's where you receive it, vitamin D right. so so directly. Is, is there um. Just boof that son, baby. Just you know, they called mm. my uncle boof in high school, and we still don't know why. I thought you said boof. Well, it was it boof. Was it boof? Boof. 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 It wasn't boof. Is there an apparatus <laughs> that holds their cheeks open so their anus is directly exposed? To it's sunlight? always open. Your anus mind. is outside. Are your you body. looking into that, Joe? John? John? Yeah. Call you Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that whole part that's technically outside. That's not concealed in the sterile system of. Well, do you have to like I mean, lay on your? Do you have to like lay on your? No, 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 and no, no. no. The whole apart? tube, the whole tube from your throat all the way through your butthole is outside your body. Actually, actually, it's the perin. It's the perineum. Yeah, that's their taint the, area. The, the, the grundle is the yeah. area between. You're gonna be hearing from some. The gooch. What's the what's the proper word for asshole doctor? People out here butt chucking. Yeah, we're gonna need to get a doctor on the line. Oh, what if you Almost what if you say butt chug Sunny asshole B? Asshole doctor. That's yeah, that's the real. 
But chugging Sunny D is just a shortcut. You don't even have to like actually expose yourself to sunlight. I that cannot hear Clay. You but can't hear him at all. Just butt chug some Sunny D, Caroline. That's what I was saying. I heard that. There okay. you go. <laughs> 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 I'm understanding that she. I'm sorry, can't hear there was me, matter, but I am being recorded. I saw, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Everything's good. Everyone just needs to not worry about I'm not anything because I'm good. How can I worry? I'm I hear not. that if you don't, it just goes away. Mm-hmm. The cat just knocked the microphone. So, um, so COVID, you. so you're not, you. um, you're not, you're kind of, we get, let's talk about you a little bit for my friends that don't know you. So Caroline and I are friends yeah. for like 10 years now, almost of, um, great. back in eight years for sure of, uh, we, you know, had mutual friends that I ended up being in a band with, and then we've kind of just stayed in touch and, um, played a little bit together. Caroline's a singer songwriter. Um, play some piano i think you play a little guitar too i've picked that up recently yeah Yeah. but typically i would play guitar for you um and and you would just uh sing and um and you have some experience singing with other uh local bands but also you have kind of uh, more and more original material all the time that um i keep begging somebody to to record uh with or for you but it's been it's just one of those things that's so hard to get together especially now um right so Typically, you know, you make, uh, you, you know, you do that and then you um, work in, in restaurants and things, but you can't really do that right now because of COVID, because of the nature of the beast. Yes. Like many others, I am adrift. But you're not not playing music. You are playing music. I um, am playing music. Yeah. So, so I saw I saw a, uh, an invite for something. Can you tell me what that was? I can't remember. It was Nine Mile Garden. Um, oh, it was probably garden. for something at Nine Mile Garden. Mm-hmm. And after. Uh-huh, which has been a recurring thing a, re- a recurring thing i've done a handful of gigs there and it's nice because it's outside and they're pretty strict about social distancing and stuff like that so i haven't really been making an effort to go to see stuff like that personally <laughs> but um it's you know part of what i do so i feel inclined to do it but um but yeah that's been kind of the only gigs i've had over over this i did some backup for kara a few weeks ago yes yeah kara louise Um, band yeah yeah good friends of ours. i always think that i don't really know them that well but then i see them at something and they're so nice and so happy to see me i'm like we must be friends maybe i got really hammered once and like we were like bonded (laughs) and i don't remember well, I think I think sometimes we underestimate our impact on people. That's right. I'm kind of a big deal. Especially and if I we forget. think highly of them. Because I got to be me all the time. That's true, too. Like, that's the thing is, like, I kind of knew Kara as a talent first. And so I've always been kind of intimidated by yeah. the idea of being friends with people that I meet that way first. Whereas, like, you, I'm not intimidated by you at all. Because we've... <laughs> We've just hung out. <laughs> I was just joking. I am terrifying, so it's very That's the thing. You are an here. imposing figure. I am. I, mean, I just, lord. Yeah. I lurk. Yeah. Um, all of those wow. items. <laughs> really good. So what's, uh, what is the, the future kind of... Have you been looking at recording some of your original music? I know you do a bit of both you play with other people and you write your own music and you'll play other people's stuff live and you'll do longer sets like that and whatnot. Um, thank you so much. 
Oh, we have a link. We have an update about uh, uh, sunlight on your butthole. Um, oh, I do want to hear about so, it. Good, good. Good. So let, let, let me go back. Let me go back to, let me not just interject butthole in the middle of that lovely statement. I was. <laughs> so you, um, so Caroline, you uh, perform uh, your own original music. Also, you do covers to fill uh, sets and whatnot. And sometimes, um, uh, you know, playing with other uh, people. But now that, you know, we're kind of limited, we can't be working 50 hours a week and gigging every week or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Have you put some more thought into uh, producing some um, original material to, to publish in a recorded uh, fashion? Um, in, in a sort of vague way, like I started, I made like a little demo of patterns with Buddy um, mm -hmm. a couple months ago. And um Patterns is one of my songs. And, but then started focusing just more on filling three hours of time at Nine Mile Garden. So, yeah. and that's, and you want to do originals there, but you get there and you feel like these people don't want to hear this. <laughs> it's just not fun to do. I was trying to so think about that. So, what, what I've been yeah. doing. And I like to like, warm up. I like to warm up on covers if I'm doing a mix. Because uh -huh. then, like, then I can really sell my stuff and really commit to the. the I don't need you to open it during a pandemic. Joe, sorry, Joe is getting me. I keep thinking you can see me. Joe is getting a, a me a, a couple of lacroix. Did he the, open it with his mouth? Here. I don't understand the big like, deal. Don't touch it. You like use That's your teeth, and you're like, ah. so thank you, Joseph. Um, so it's the deal. In yeah, so in the process, I think yeah, we when you're performing live music, not as a showcase of your original music but as an entertainment kind of as an environmental piece you know what i mean mm -hmm. like you're talking about at nine mile garden which for those yeah. that are, those of us here um uh we have listeners elsewhere who don't necessarily know what we're talking about it's so just like a food truck park with like a bar that has like bathrooms like mm -hmm. uh well uh, the bar itself only serves like craft beers i heard too which is a horrible idea for afton because that's they've that's expanded a, that's a South so they County have idea um, you can get a can of bush there now you oh good you degenerate swine i just thought we could only get eight dollar mostly local that's craft beer oh my god you don't have to drink 10 of them clay you, you ask anyone who it's... lives within a quarter mile of that place what the fuck uh uh a Bavarian lager is. They'll probably punch that. you in the face. He's just he's complaining. He's he thinks that the um the beer list is a little too high brow at the for time this, for the zip code. At the time, <laughs> it seems strange. Yeah, the, see poor, sweet the clubhouse is across the street, and I mean they're a great bar. They, you can go get a can of Bush there. You mm, piece. You of shit. You can get a White Claw. You can get a Shock Top on tap. He's he wants to he wants a White Claw at the beer garden, Caroline. Mm, That's yeah. really. Let me just sum that up for you. That's what you missed. One day there will be a seltzer garden. Oh, he yeah, he wants to open a seltzer garden. Will you play at Clay's seltzer garden? That's what I drink when I'm there. So yes, <laughs> you got to stay hydrated. So you were saying that you you recorded a demo of one of your songs uh, that um, I think we did on an internet show, didn't we? Play that on a YouTube show. Somebody's that we went to the old KHX studio and they had like tarps over everything. Yeah, that was for Song Day Afternoon. And that's a, a local, um, is it a weekly show or a monthly thing? I don't, I'm not sure. I need to check back. But YouTube that, because that's a that. that's the song we're talking about. It it's a, That's a one great place to find kind of what we're talking about. I got to play guitar on that one. But again, you, you're tracked a demo of that song, kind of trying to imagine maybe the recording process and how you want to move forward therein. Yeah, that's how I would describe what the effort was yeah, there yeah um, and so of course like it's not necessarily easy 
uh, are efficient to book studio time right now. So maybe that's a, like demoing stuff is a great way to kind of do that pre-production. So how would you describe the kind of music that you do for people who haven't heard you? Um, and I would love to get you in here when we start doing live uh, streaming performances from down here. But yeah. um, that's also more of a post-COVID winter kind of uh, a vibe. I think the technology sure. is in place now. But um, but so for I know how I would describe but I, don't, I hate to put words in your mouth. And I, I, just, I know this is a terrible, awkward question. Well, I put a pin in that because I would love to hear how you would describe it. Uh -huh. um, but I would say if I had to like put it in like three or four genres, I'd say like um, folk, soul, yeah. indie pop. Yeah, I think we like similar things. Like I'm thinking of national acts like Alan Stone, for example, who like is a a really great soul singer um but also he's kind of a young like hippie white dude and he kind of the guy is he's the guy who did that cover of sex and candy right yes. yeah yeah that's how i yes. found out about him he was on yeah. some Beautiful show doing voice. that and then he's he's had some hits now. himself and <laughs> yeah and so he's a great example of kind of this um contemporary cuz everything's kind of post genre now where it could be soul yeah. and have some folk in it and some other elements and um when i'm around there's always going to be some crazy silly guitar stuff that happens so um i think that's a, a great point that i think there is a community of people that are kind of blending those items like that but yeah so where do you derive that inspiration from uh, for for the genre specifically or for or just yeah where does that sound come from because i know um i know your writing process is I, do you still have a, a woolitzer in your sunroom or something um, I don't live in that apartment anymore, but I do have a Wurlitzer in my living room now. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I know that's going to blend to the sound a little bit, but also with your, yeah. but also, so what, what else is that kind of, what drew you to some of those sounds? Um, I would say, I mean, the natural makeup of my voice is this kind of like raspy mezzo soprano type alto type thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my that type of voice just kind of lends itself to more sultry soul kind mm -hmm. of vibes. Yeah. And then, I mean, I grew up listening to like Jewel and Lauren Hill. I fucking and... love Jewel. I was the <laughs> biggest Jewel queen when I was in junior high, which, and I always wondered why didn't girls like me? It's because I was writing like jewel lyrics on notes i would like like make them take from me like please take this please take the lyrics to you were meant for me by jewel on this post-it note and i'd stand there until they took it and then i'd sprint away and um you've so, never yeah, you've never sprinted a day in your life i would i would you trot i would trot away and um so you were saying soak <laughs> your foot power walking once um that did happen. I was wearing flip flops. I was power walking, broke my foot. So, uh, so I know the kind of era. That yeah, I know the I know the era you're talking about. So, you'd listen to. Um... Go ahead. You were saying. Oh, I I mean, just like I'm just drawn to that type of artist. You know, like an Amy Winehouse, a Jewel, mm. a Lauren Hill, or like. I'm blanking on a million other artists right now, but definitely that like. What about Rob Thomas and Santana? Listen, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I mean, only record. together. They should have done that whole I, album together. I unironically was love a, smooth, smooth was a no. A that was changer. a jam. They, people only hate it because they because you can't recreate that. You can't catch lightning in a bottle like that. 
No, and I feel like with most things that are, you know, widely hated, it's not about the the music or the content itself. It's about the fan base and you not wanting to identify with that. Yeah. So you say you don't. I like embrace it. it. I tell people all the time. My first favorite band was the Spice Girls. Me too. Oh my god! My first Spice grade and. I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. I'm currently actively obsessed with the Spice Girls. And that's the thing. It kind of had this resurgence where it's like, wait a minute. I can order that on Amazon on DVD and watch it in my backyard, unironically, because I'm a grown man. You re-listen to that debut album, Spice, Mm -hmm. in headphones. And you're like, the production on this is, like, so funky and, like, edgy for the time and, like. Well, especially compared to, like, if you listen to who I love, the Backstreet Boys, if you listen to their stuff, it's offensive if you really have a musical ear, like, as an adult, because you know that it's just, like, a rolling drum machine, and mm-hmm. it doesn't even, like, pretend to sound real. They were just cranking out this these music for these kids to dance to, whereas, like, yeah. you're talking about with the Spice Girls had some taste. Yeah, they Did knew they how work to curate with... an album. Joe... They wrote a lot of that stuff together. It was... Joe, did um, the Spice Girls work in the studio with Jules Holland, J-O-O-L-S? Can you look that up? Because I know he was in the movie, but and he's a very talented pianist and producer and show host. Is he from Sweden? Um, I, He's an English dude. Mm. He's a talk show in England or something. And um, and I know he was in the movie, but I don't Jules know if he Jules Holland even. as musical director, but that's IMDb, so I don't think it was real. No, that was in the movie. Yeah, I don't think that was real. He was the musical director in the movie. For, that must have just been a cameo then. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm glad we derailed for that. Mm, um, that movie, though. So, okay, so you're taking this influence of this specific kind of sultry, flavorful kind of female vocal. I love divas. Yeah, yeah. me too. In general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then... And but, I love pop music, and I love... I think that's people. one thing you and I bonded over earliest as, you know, people that were hanging out listening to music together was that we really loved the pop format and the pop kind of idea of committing to a really um tight uh structure and you know um having a groove as an element and and really drawing attention to a melody and a lyric that's very direct in a, in a way that pop music is and and so how does that influence kind of your your songwriting now i you you say a tight structure i mean i like to like write myself out of a box mm-hmm. sometimes like um if i don't have anything specific that's inspiring me i like recently i was just sitting on my couch smoking weed with my guitar and i was just like i need i want to write something that conveys a certain feeling what if it was about this like book of pink rose postcards that i have so i like just was like oh it'll be called like pink rose postcard and then i'll write a verse and i'll write a chorus and I'll write a bridge and I'll write another verse. That's the same format as the verse. And then I'll have a song and whether I like it or not is irrelevant in that moment because I just want to write something. Yeah. So that, you know, like that box are you, are you is the impetus for too? writing something. No, I, yeah. It was an idea. Yeah. It's good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sobriety is for the week. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> anyway. Um, what was the question? There wasn't one. So, um, so in the future, like, where would you want listeners of our podcast to kind of find you uh, in the meantime? And I'm going to have you hang out with us um, for a bit, uh, but uh, I just kind of wanted to, before I forget, to if if there's content somewhere you're promoting. 
Not specifically right now, but if you want to keep up with like any shows that I'm doing or any little videos that I put up, um, my Facebook page is just Caroline. That's my music page. And then I also have an Instagram and that's called it's only dress up all one word. Yeah. I think that's where I usually see your, your stuff. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm on Facebook too, which sure. is my name. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So people can invite their grandparents and whatnot. Yeah. To those. Um... <sighs> but that's the story right now. It's just kind of those nine mile gigs writing a lot and um, learning a lot of covers and um, trying to just keep things going, even though everything seems kind of like vague and murky right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and again, like I mentioned, I'd love to have you back on when we, um, uh, when there's uh, new material to uh, point out because we could um, do a live kind of thing here on the show. We have the technology just been sort of limited on, access to the building currently when i say building i mean my home <laughs> to which there's right. a walkout basement door um uh, we use caroline do you ever use talk to text boys wake up i'm fucking here uh, dude. yes the problem in the situation is that i can't speak directly to, do not, to do not do not start complaining no i just can't speak directly to caroline therefore i can't ask questions without seeming rude and in the back yeah she heard you that's good did i yeah 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 he's good yeah, he's great. Oh, That's God. Cool. Talk to Texas so bad. I don't understand. I don't understand what we're going to do. Uh, I'm trying to be better about being on my phone in the car and stuff. But uh-huh. like when I'm trying to like talk to text, it's so fucking sketchy. Like I can live stream right now, like a high definition video of my anus to a family in Indonesia in real time. Mm-hmm. But I can't fucking talk <laughs> to text a text message to people while I'm driving because Siri can't handle it. And it's making me nuts. Like if I like I could do a drone strike from this basement right now. But I can't. That's not something you should announce to the public. And but you're I, like an articulate person with a pretty neutral thing. American accent. Yeah, I, my wife thinks I have more of an accent than I've ever been accused of. But like, I can launch a <laughs> missile from a basement in Virginia, but I can't uh, keep autocorrect from adding ducking to everything. <laughs> everything Virginia. is like, why would I say ducking? Why would I say I'm at the ducking mall? Why would I say that? Why on talk I... to text it does that oh yeah still all the time for the record if a mall did involve <sighs> mostly ducking i would go there that's upsetting to me yeah if it was like a limbo mall it's it like, like it's <laughs> it's like it's doing it on purpose at that point yeah and it's an affront to my liberties <laughs> never meant ducking is how i feel ever speaking of grandparents I was asking my grandmother at lunch the other day if she had heard about the rv park that we talked about the last couple weeks on the show Mm-hmm. Opening in North St. Louis, Caroline. Have you heard about the RV park? Um, RV I park. Not. I thought they were building shelter for the homeless. No. Well, this is this is what it was. So there used to be it. an RV park in North St. Louis, and now it's opening as tiny homes for the homeless. That's right. Tiny, tiny okay. homes, yeah. and but she better was than saying, no homes. And she was saying she really, really, really hope it works out. And we were talking about how we know people. We know so many people either in our family or from neighborhoods we've lived in that if they didn't have a home or like a a mom or an aunt or a grandma or a brother or somebody taking care of them, they'd be on the fucking street. Right, Caroline? You know people like this. You know what I mean? We know plenty of people, present company, some of which may be included, that um, some people could be on the fucking street if they didn't have somebody watching out for them. He's talking about me, Joe. Yeah, I was talking about... (laughs) uh, Joe thought I was talking about him. Both you motherfuckers. He's directly talking about You two are like 
OJ Simpson and Rodney King, you guys should get a, an apartment together. If it weren't for my support system through family and such, the accusations I would have been are homeless flying. At least once. I've been it's, trying to get an apartment with him forever. Yeah, I, it's these two. I have to pay all their rent. I've had weird fucking goes. So let's not get into it. So my grandmother really wants the homeless thing to go well. Last week, I think I, I may have described it as I hope it's not a bunch of schizophrenic people knifing each other. <laughs> but I was hearing dramatic. that the real problem is that like the I was telling her that the the real problem is the way the legislation works and you know it's really hard to force someone into treatment if they want to be on the street doing meth and heroin which is often the case not always the case of course in my personal experience um and she says she remembers Ronald Reagan's administration lifting a lot of those programs to help those people and she was genuinely mad about it like even still like I wasn't there we weren't born yet I don't think um, I'm thinking yeah, of everyone. Yeah. No, we, I think we're, I'm we're, the oldest one in here. We're, we're post Reagan. We're so post Reagan, bruh. Mm-hmm. Are you post Reagan? What was her point about Reagan? That so he she was, was saying that part of the stuff. these? Well, he was. Um, no, Ronald Reagan was um, cutting a lot of the programs that would keep okay, these types of people off the street. Accurate. Right. Okay. And I was surprised that she would ever say anything bad about Reagan because usually people I know her age are very much, oh, when Reagan was in office, we all had cocaine and jobs. <laughs> Lately, not so much. Back so in the I was shocked. Days. Biden's America. But if you look back at it, um, no jobs, no cocaine. <laughs> I thought she'd like Reagan. I didn't know that he did all that. Like the war on drugs and no help for the homeless. I mean, like, like real substantial help that people need. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. How's the homeless population in your area right now? With it being winter and all. Um, it's I colder, Jacob. It's colder. just talked to a lady today who, um, she was like pulled over on the off ramp on grand Whoops. and, and you were she like waved me down and was, uh, saying that she was waiting for, um, help with gas. Cause she had run out of gas and they were on the way to the shelter and she had her kids in the car. And so, Luckily, I had some like care packages in my really? car. Really? Look at you. Well, uh, well, no, Meg Moore, who we oh, all. Meg. Name drop. Me. Yeah. We're Docs and Meg. Meg caring for the homeless. <laughs> yeah. So she started this thing called STL Luck Dragons. And so she's been like kind of leading this effort of like um, a group of us like um, collecting donations and. Um, and stuff to put in these little Ziploc care wow. packages. I love that. What's it called again? STL Luck Dragons. And is that on um, like Facebook? That's on or Facebook. Yeah. STL Luck Dragons on Facebook. Care packages for the homeless, a real grassroots operation. Yeah. So I've got a little bin for donations on my front porch. And there's another one at a record store. And I'm blanking on the name of it right now. I won't guess because I don't want to do that, but, um, but at a record store and I'll follow up with you on that. If you want to, I love that. I love all that information. Make a note of anything like that. That's really good. stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I've noticed like blankets, like, um, kept at like bus stops and stuff because like that's somebody's like home base type of deal. Yeah. Um, so it, it's more in the forefront. So um, I wrote this down in my show prep because my grandmother times. and I talked about it for like 30 minutes that like, you know, these people don't want to be on the street, like genuinely. You know what I mean? Like they would, they may want to be 
free in a way that um, uh-huh. puts them there, but that's not really like they're not out there for the love of the night. Right. Not like they used to be. Not like yeah, they used no. to be. Now, back in the day, <laughs> back in the day when we had cocaine and jobs, Joke, you yes, loved the night. Exactly, cocaine and jobs. When you had <laughs> cocaine and jobs, you were out there loving the night. Just Your relationship with, with the night was romantic and passionate and necessary. Do you, uh, are you a fan of John Mulaney? Um, casually, yes. I don't have a bunch apparently of Apparently, he just went to rehab. Ready, but... He just went to rehab for coke, coke and booze. <gasps> I believe it. Coke oh, and no. booze. Coke and booze. Alive. I mean, I could see that, but also he just seems so squeaky clean in a way, too. Well, and I can't picture yeah, him snorting cocaine. If you, oh, no, if you, oh, if no, he was sober. In... He was sober for a long time. He must have relapsed. That must be That's why he's in be rehab. Because remember, oh. he was he didn't drink, and it was all he had a whole bit about it. I see about how people don't know what to offer you when you don't drink when you go to a party. Do you want like this avocado? <laughs> I don't. It may have been turnip. I don't. Remember. I I think I've watched like two different specials with him and like listened to interviews with him and stuff, but I just still don't feel like I can just reference anything of his. Great. Okay. Honestly, but... his recent works with Nick <laughs> Roll, really like Big Mouth, that might be a reason they But I'm familiar with him. When you really and think that about does it, does, sound... Nick, does Nick Roll not look like he does but cocaine? Like something... So rehab, you know, rehab is one of those things like you can't force someone to stay in rehab. If they if, if they get arrested and they get put there so that they don't have to serve any time or anything, because it's a nonviolent offense, things like this happen. Uh, if people are lucky and they don't just get thrown in jail, but they can't necessarily... Uh, force people to stay in treatment. You can't get, you know, you can't get clean permanently if you don't really want to in some way. Um, right. Right. Which is, you know, why some of this stuff perpetuates. Uh, that's their liberty. liberty. Liberty is hard that way. Liberty is hard that way. We have a dragon <laughs> on the show named Freedom that I don't have queued up right now. Otherwise, I would queue it. Maybe we'll add it in post. Please. We're not. We're not going to. I hate adding things in post. Don't. Pussy. We're free to do a lot of good, I think, but I think we're also free to commit crimes and to harm ourselves yeah. and others. You know what I mean? And we have the freedom mm-hmm. of that as an option. In this case, South County Cindy is free to wander up and down Lindbergh with her luggage. Liberty. Because right. that's, that's what America's all about. Yeah. The founding fathers said, listen, I want a middle-aged, completely emaciated Caucasian woman who's burnt like a purse. Sorry, I just to imagined. waddle up and down Limburg and Gravois with her matching luggage that she's then going to pawn and then take back out upon the next day. Have you ever? You don't know who I'm talking about? I no, I know, I'm I know, I know familiar. Who you're I was about. just listening. Yes. Um, I grew up in that area, and people would talk about her a lot. Yeah, mm. I, I've been face to face with. Her. Yeah, inside a pasta house she pronto. Had family that R.I.P. Like, care of her RIP to the pronto there's one other guy who's the guy who his back is flat is at like a 90 degree angle and he is walking back and forth from work up and down south grand That's oh jesus guy. you know who i'm talking about are there's you, um a are you guy talking about the guy that panhandles at van venner in 44 and he looks like he's about to fall over yeah i think that's the guy yeah that's that, that, it's heroin that's what does that what oh i thought it was that he had a back injury it might be a combination of the two yeah. but the inability to hold his head up and looking like he's going to fall asleep all the time is likely opioids yeah he's yeah he's always really bent over really hard mhm i know who you're talking about great Great. So yeah, we're just we're just going into way too much detail about specific. Well, we got into in we got community. into the conversation of the homeless sheltering in, in North City, and then we just kind of got into weird stuff. 
we could have just talked about the thing in North City, which is hopeful and nice and not really yeah, I'm sorry. dwelled on the sad was... things. Uh, Joe slipped me some notes here. It says here, Joe, uh, he gave me a link. You don't need to look at it. And this. it says, in a mere no. 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole, you will <laughs> receive more energy from this electric node than you would in an entire day being outside with your clothes on. I'm sorry. Says another influencer who goes by <laughs> Raw of Earth. That sounds wonderful. First off, first off, I'm gonna try that as soon as my neighbors oh, move out. Oh, thank you, Raw. As, Ra soon, of as Earth. soon as my neighbors move out from Earth. above us, I'm gonna be doing that on the back patio, just exposing my butthole to the sun. Just gape every it. day. Just Spreading gape it. Cheeks. Just gape it. Liberty. I'm free to gape. Sorry, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, so his. So hold on, I got more notes here. So Ra of Earth says his tribute to perennium sunbathing includes him and three friends heading outside naked and laying down to soak up some rays. At press time, the post was more than thirty-eight thousand views. Ra has twenty-four thousand followers. Another perennium tanning advocate, uh, Troy Casey. He has 43,000 followers. Says your butt can keep on soaking up the sun for up to five straight minutes. Lovely. Okay, so is he suggesting that you not let your butt absorb the sun longer than that? Well, no, so here's the situation. I think you have to do it in five-minute increments. Because remember, John Hamm was in the news over the summer because he, he totally like got sun burnt on his hole. The John Hamm would. Damn. <laughs> St. Louis native. There was you go. he like talking about it openly? No, but it got like I don't. He, I think he joked about it. I think he like like tweeted about it or something. You know how he is like. Actually, I was hanging out in Belize, and the uh, next thing yeah. you know, I reach for a slice of he's Emo's trying to be cheese cool. pizza, so, and I have a burn on my anus. Yeah. Oh, I was just. You know how you do? I was on my yacht. You know what I mean? And I was eating a lobster alive. I was on the phone with Lorne Michaels, and the next thing you know, I have this horrible sensation. I was from fishing behind. with Marlon Brando's ghost. <laughs> and I lost track of time. He was telling me all about how he wasted all this film on Apocalypse Now because he would just sit there for 10 hours and he was just trying to remember the book in real time, but he never read it. And I lost track of time and I fucking burnt my anus. That's, yeah, that's basically what John Hamm told like David Letterman or some shit. And it was in David Letterman. I'm 100 years old. He's dead now. He's retired. Well, who's, who's on TV? One of the kids, Kimmel, maybe. Or didn't it done James Corden or something? Oh, yeah, you know how I feel about the, the English, the, the chubby guy. I Bro, this is totally him. what a crazy. I told somebody today that the simulation is fucking with us because things parallels keep happening and um and monoliths and things keep getting connected that I didn't think would be connected. I totally have a weird prejudice against the English that's deep in my soul. What the not fuck? not like. <laughs> intellectually like i don't wish anybody any harm and i want them to be able to vote and own property or whatever liberty means but i just don't like to hear them like talk to me and i feel like they have um like resentment that we're that we have our own sovereign nation oh baby problem isn't it <laughs> is it insensitive i mean they're Wait. the english people like i like that's not like prejudice for that's not like toxic is it i mean like that that's what wait, i can't say though like wait, wait. no the problem there though is that voice that you're making is samuel l jackson trying to do an accent and that's the problem nation you know what i mean it's the imperialism yeah and that's really what gets me down in my it irks my soul <laughs> you know what i mean and I um, what that. if i told you that peter townsend was just one example of deep state globalist pedophile puppeteers and the song Won't Get Fooled Again is about how the English won't get fooled again by the Yanks and how the power of the Great British Empire will rise again in the West. 
Okay, so let's go Jesus. back. Pete, Pete got, okay, so listen, Pete Peter got, Townsend, Pete, a Royal Air Force officer. Who? Peter Townsend. Pete Townsend from, from the Who. Okay. He got yeah, busted with, with child pornography on his computer, like in the nineties, and he squirreled oh. his way out of it. And he's toured oh. ever since on the VH1 Classic Circuit as a hero and a living legend. The sickness is deep. He's just one contact point on this throbbing sphere of evil that's woven across our great nation. I don't like your I use wish of the I word throbbing. Throbbing. throbbing Pete me. Townsend from The Who? Yeah. Carolyn. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Caroline. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, it's transatlantic for sure. I mean, this is a, I don't want to go full Q on you. I don't want to go full QAnon on you. Gary Glitter is still in prison, I think. Gary Glitter. That sounds Hey! Hey! That one? Did they play hockey? He's a pedophile too. Oh yeah, he got busted with all kinds of all kinds of kids naked, booty holes, gaping in his desktop. I don't desktop. understand. Way back, I don't understand. And he also appeal. did that song. Um, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I'm the leader of the gang. That's bringing it back to Spice Girls. It's girl, isn't that crazy? That's what I'm saying. The universe is doing that to us to rub it in our face, boys. It's like when you're playing Call of Duty and you can't kill this dude, but he keeps peeking, and then he starts like like doing the teabag up and down in the window to to poke fun at you. You it's don't like know that. about my Call of Duty habits. But it's the that's true. I, I was trying to get the boys into the conversation. The boys. Like, um, I'm here. No, I'm just trying to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Well, like I no, said, I well, like I already, I, what I are the odds the that we would talk about the Spice Girls and then we would talk about um, Gary, Glitter. Gary Glitter in the context of him being a pedophile, but then he also wrote a song that was in Spice World, the movie. I didn't know we were going to talk about Spice World when I wrote that in my show prep. The sickness is deep. <laughs> the circles are closing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, can you, like can you feel the love? And they keep going. Yeah, I'm Clay, feeling it. Clay, feeling it. can we talk about wild things? Would you like to start that conversation now? I would love to talk about Wild Things. Caroline, have you seen the 1998 hit Wild Things? Matt Dillon, Denise Richards, Nev Campbell, Bill Murray. I've not. I recognize those names, but I have not. So, seen Clay, let's describe the premise of Wild Things to Caroline as a person who's never seen it. I love that this is available as an option because we need a format. I love that we do have a canvas then to paint this conversation onto, which is Glad Caroline, who's it. not fully into the conversation. So, but so Yes. Let's go ahead and get it. The movie is described uh, on what its entire premise is in the first few minutes of the movie. Uh, and Matt Dillon writes the word sex crime words, sex crimes on the whiteboard at the senior conference or whatever the fuck thing they were doing, the seminar. So kids could avoid study hall. I don't know. It was stupid. It was one of those late 90s high school idea movies. It's great. But uh, mostly uh, it's about sex crimes. Okay. And how they're bad. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the entire movie, and I have plenty of things that I want to talk to, talk talk about. Okay, so let's let's start with um uh let's start with just some major plot points here. So okay, it great. opens with, as Clay was describing, Matt Dillon is the guidance counselor at a um affluent suburban like coastal nightclub. They have like a yacht club, not nightclub. I'm sorry. Um, it's yacht... a it's a rich Florida a community. Florida, yeah, right outside of the Everglades. Which is why there's so much reference to even in the opening credits, they're referencing like alligators 
and well, I mean, yeah, you know, so the swamps a, and all that sexy, shit. It's a sexy drama that starts in it's a, a crime drama. affluent Florida suburb just outside the Everglades, and that plays into the setting and some of the the criminality of the thing and yeah. the aesthetic, of course. And so we're supposed to believe that Matt Dillon, who was still very young and totally shredded, is um, and his character's banging all the women and all the rich women in town, but he's also the guidance counselor at the school. So that's right. that's somehow already is supposed to make well, sense. Well, he's he's very entrepreneurial and he entrepreneurial. Uh, fuck, I'm sorry. I I'm not an English teacher it's who now doesn't teach English. So suck a dick. Let me fucking talk. I'm listening. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's the whole thing. He's that guy that takes people under his wing and helps people out and yada, yada. And he has like, he's like that role model for the kids and he wants to see them succeed, even though he lies about his shit. Like there's the one kid that he is like, has in the sailing club and he's like sailing, working on boats is how I paid my way through college. Yeah. And then Kevin Bacon later in the movie is just kind of like, he had a scholarship. He's a fucking liar. Yeah. It's true. Like he was doing stuff to be inspirational and be like a good guy. But clearly there were some things revealed throughout the movie that proved that he He's not like the best guy, but so on the surface, the he's pretty great. That's what's so great about this movie. Fuck, now there's two cats on me. It takes you on a journey of who is supposed to be the good guy here and who am I supposed to like? Because you start off really thinking you're supposed to like Matt Dillon because he's kind of the main guy, but it's already the the opening scenes are already kind of weird and there's sexual Yeah, oh my God, it's horrible. It's like every girl that is 18 is like, oh, I want to from the beginning of the movie the first like thing you see is a it's a first person view perspective of matt dylan walking across the campus to this senior seminar thing and it's like dudes checking him out and be like oh what's up bro you're dope and then women and group you're checking uh, uh, high counselor. school senior girls checking him out and being like "Ooh, that's that hot guy and it's like oh it's fucking matt dylan gross <laughs> yeah it's like, so weird. shit why is it's he this so guy weird. it's so <laughs> weird he's got so, great chest hair but other than that it's like what are you doing he's man terrifying. so it's supposed to be his eyebrows will literally eat your babies like i think the whole the classic I'm scene up on that yeah the classic scene from the movie is nav campbell and denise richards they get in like this slap fight and they end up in the pool but then they start making out slap fight she tries to fucking drown her like God. three times she tries to denise richards tries to drown nev campbell but then they're like kissing and they're all wet and it's like that's like the poster like if you go watch it on amazon tonight that's the poster yeah in it's amazon. them in the pool the looking at you all seductively with like wet makeup with puppy dog eyes coming out of the pool it's like Ugh. he's so supposed right. to be like 17 in the movie it's so gross i, I think you guys are bill murray is in it bill murray bill is murray a supporting is role in he it. plays the lawyer and actually he's one of my favorite characters in the entire movie because he does his job well, while still being Bill Murray in the right. sense that he's he's oh, yeah. he's literally himself in the movie, right. but he's a lawyer. And even as he like helps win the case for Matt <laughs> Dillon to drop the rape charges uh, and all of that, like uh, he's just kind of like fuck yeah, it's like yeah, driving right. down the highway, hitting the fucking roof, like <laughs> flipping off the limousine with the people who tried to sue Matt Dillon, right. like like fuck you guys, yeah. Yeah, and so. they, they get the settlement of like the eight point three million dollar lawsuit for that whole thing of ruining Matt. Dylan's career and and plot twist turns out they all planned it to try to get the so rich mom's so money. We'll get Caroline into up. it. Let me let me catch Caroline up real Please. quick. So so Matt Dylan's this guidance counselor, and then they make it look like at the beginning of the movie that Denise Richards is this this uh, wealthy student or from a wealthy family, rich bitch who's a senior in this senior seminar with this guidance counselor that's Matt Dylan, and then. She's doing a fundraiser to wash people's cars for something. Car and wash. so she comes over to his house on a Sunday, which is already a red flag, mm. to wash his Jeep because he had gotten it all muddy out in the glades. 
And then, she, and then she. This is like so early true. in the movie. Exactly this is not happened. a spoiler alert. And then she comes in, um, and she's all wet, and she had told her friend to leave, so she's there all by herself because she wants to bang him. Well, and then you don't see what happens, and then she runs, and then you see her just running out, and she's obviously upset and pissed off, and she runs home. Now you don't know really what happened. Then she goes home. She tells her mom, who's this like widow. Um, her husband killed himself. He was but super rich, and so they're super rich, but she's totally like a hoe. Like she's nailing this young dude, and then. They're fighting because her mom doesn't care that her dad died. And then, you know, Denise Richards hates her mom because she's 18. And then uh, and then she says that Matt Dillon's character uh, raped her. Mm. And then, uh, so then that starts to play out. And, you know, he's maintaining he didn't do it. And that, you know, she uh, and then the lady cop. There's two cops. The lady who I don't know, beautiful young woman of color whose name I do not know, and mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, they're the sex crime cops that are working that, that, that that's their beat in that area, right? Are cases mm-hmm. like this. And so the lady cop is all like, oh, Denise Richards made it up because she came on to him and got rejected because, you know, and then blah, blah, blah. So it turned uh, out. The to- actress is uh, Daphne Rubin Vega, who played uh, Detective Gloria Perez. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Clay Bug. You're welcome. And uh, Clay IMDb beat her for me. I did. And. And it turns into this double cross, which turns into like a triple cross. And it's like, you know, it comes out in court that they they fake the allegation. Um, Nev Campbell and Nev Campbell. Yes, because Nev Campbell is also like, oh, he raped me, too, like last April. And they synced up what he said to them in their statements. Mm -hmm. And that's how, you know, they were able to get a warrant on him or whatever. Mm hmm. And then Bill Murray's his lawyer, and he's not a very good lawyer, but he can't get a. a well, he's like a Saul Goodman type. He's like he's yeah, like very Saul skeezy. Goodman type. Like his office is like shitty and poorly kept, and his receptionist like has her tits out. Like not like all the way, but you know, like cleavage. And he says, "Can you show him out?" And it's just a foyer. There's not even a door to his office. Yeah, it's like, "Can you show him out?" And she's like, "See you later, honey." See you, and like, see you later, see, Matt Dillon. See you later, babe. Or, or it's just Bill Murray as a lawyer. Like, it's, it's literally no. It's literally, "Hey, Bill, we we want you to just be you and anything else that you've done." But uh, right now, you're a lawyer. And he's like, "Oh, cool. So I'll I'll dress like a lawyer, I guess, and then just read these lines." And that's what he does. Other than that, he's completely 100 percent himself in every movie. He's himself. <laughs> In Groundhog's like his Day, his hair's all fucked and up, and it's it, yeah, a little yeah, and his shirt's like half tucked in, and he doesn't care. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, I'm late." At one, when they win the fucking lawsuit, he already bought himself a Ferrari for the fucking money that he got off of it. Like he pulls up right. in a brand new car. Yeah, right. He's like, he's a shithead. I didn't realize it was that much money, so I, I had Clay watch it because I was like, okay, I want to do. The like, lawsuit was eight point three or, or eight point four five. I can't remember million dollars. It was yeah, up there. I missed that detail because I was playing Cyberpunk while rewatching it over the weekend. Yeah, Cyber no, I I I had my phone down to the side, not touching it. I I watched that movie all the way fucking through. And uh, also, if you if you do finish it, you have to watch the credits because during the credits they explain some of the things that you'd like to know about how they got away with this lawsuit and framing and na 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 na. And how? Oh, so this is based on a true story. I don't. No. I don't think so. <laughs> if this were based on a true story, then I well, there is a lot of sh- fucked up shit in Florida. So actually, it, it might be. Like... Wild Things is not a true story. Put it to bed. Now it's <laughs> it's kind of like a romance novel. Yeah, it's it it's like a murder like mystery. It was romance. written it takes place by in the yacht community some dude of who had weird fantasies about. Joe, look up who wrote that. Hating women. If I could get into this just for one second. 
uh, just because we can continue talking about how the story twists and turns. Because as a crime drama, it does a really good job at being like, oh, shit, like, like you know, plot twist here and plot twist there. And it does a really, really good job at that. Um, I mean, but also it's just skeezy and it's about banging high school girls. It's horrible. But Maurice. at the same time. I'm sorry, Maurice. So they Let's end up having that. a three-way, Nev Campbell and Denise Richards they and Matt Dillon, when it comes out that, yeah, we, all three of us, fake the whole thing to get this money yeah. out of her mom. So they faked it in such a way that the girls faked the allegations, but Matt Dillon was in on it. Spoiler alert. And the of idea course. was that the girls would do what they did in court and have this big fight in court and make a scene, and come. it would come out that they made those allegations up. But then Matt Dillon would sue the mom for defamation, and that's where he gets the $8 million because Denise Richards wanted her trust money before her mom died. Mm-hmm. That's wild. But then it turns into like a quadruple cross where then it turns well, out Kevin Bacon is in on hold it. Hold on, hold on, before you get into that, because Kevin Bacon goes from being quiet to the side, doesn't give a fuck detective, to then being like up there at night, like stalking them and like scaring them into like trying to talk and shit about like, because he knows what's going on. He like grabs Nev Campbell by the throat and like tries to scare the shit out of her. And then she freaks out. And then, you know, and then we're all led to believe through shots and all that and certain editing that. Um, they're going to snuff her out and that Matt Dillon and Denise Richards are going to fucking cut her out of the loop and then run away with, you know, half a cut each instead of a cut, like three-way right, cut. Right, splitting it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you find out that Kevin Bacon's just really getting into this shit weird and and he tries to put the death on um, Denise Richards, the death of Nev Campbell, even though they didn't really prove anything, but they had enough evidence to put it on her. Yeah, and he goes to the guest house at that rich bitch's house, um, and kills her because she assaults him uh, with a gun in her dad's gun cabinet. And then uh, you find out that yeah, Kevin Bacon and Matt Dillon are cut, trying to cut them out in their own way, and they were going to try to pin the murder on Denise Richards and get her out of there. And then they faked Nev Campbell's death, and then Kevin Bacon and him are out on a boat. The whole thing happens. Jacob, you can you can take it. Well, from here. and so yeah, so at okay, so at first it looks like um, this dude could have raped this girl, and then it's revealed that oh, these two girls made this up together, and then it turns into oh, Matt Dillon was in on it also, and they have this like three way one last night together thing after he gets the money out of the mom, but then they make it look like they kill Nev Campbell. And there's teeth and blood on the scene. And that's how they conclude that she must be dead. Maybe he fed her to alligators. Because, again, we're in the glades. Mm -hmm. And he knows his way around the swamps. And he knows how to take that Jeep out in the swamps. And uh, I love pronouncing swamp that way. Swamps. Swamps. And then then it uh, becomes clear that... um, uh, It's him and Denise Richards. And then Kevin Bacon makes it look like... She shot him, so he had to return fire, and then she's dead. But then it turns out he had shot another kid, and so he gets fired because he's shooting too many kids. Um, He had shot another kid in his past before the movie started. Davey. And then, um, so he gets fired, but then you see him naked in Matt Dillon's shower in Mm. fucking Maui or something. Yeah, he hangs fucking dong. Yeah, he's hanging. Kevin Bacon is hanging dong. Mm Mm-hmm. In this movie, you see his butt, and you're like, "Okay, cool, that's a oh, pale cool, white man little, butt." Little and he turns around, butt. and he's he shows off. He's got a decent piece. He's totally flashing piece. You think mm. that was his real piece? I think it's a shower. Hang 
hanging dong. Yeah. You think it was a prosthetic? No, I don't think it was. No, it's, this, this isn't fucking Boogie Liberty. Nights. It was a standard, okay size, average dong. <laughs> was, I, I thought it was good pipe. I thought it was, looked like It was good. a damn decent pipe. It looked a lot like but my... It, it wasn't... Looked, well, it wasn't like it was crazy. It's not like he was trying to kill somebody with it. No, but it looked like the t- very tasteful penis Ooh. I went with on Cyberpunk 2077. Fair. Because you get to customize your genitals. But they don't but have not enough. women, though. I they, will say no, that I don't know vagina. what... I don't know what kind of budget cuts they had to make for the movie, but his Ugh, gunshot right. wound uh, makeup that he had on his arm looked like a fucking sticker. Like, it looked fake <laughs> as fuck. Oh, that's the other thing. So Kevin Bacon when turns out... Kevin Bacon goes into the pool house, shoots Denise Richards, double taps her in the sternum, then takes her gun, puts it in her hand, and shoots himself in the shoulder meat. Mm-hmm. But then the scar is all bubbly and gross when he's hanging dong in Matt Dillon's It chalet. doesn't look real. It looked like someone shoulder shoot up some bubble gum and stuck it to his arm. So, yeah, it, it, looked, it was a bad fake wound, really, is what Joey, it looks like you want to say something. I want to get so while we're still on the topic of this movie, have you listened to the new uh, Taylor Swift album, Evermore? Evermore, yeah, I gave it at least one pass through at work. I'm a big fan. I really loved um, the one that came out earlier this year with the guy from Folklore. The, Folklore. I really love that and played the shit out of it. It's I, with the same people, right? And so it's kind but, of it's like the um, it's like the Justin Timberlake 2020 experience that was like one big album that they just kind of split into pieces. Mm, love that one too, but. What I was getting at was there's a there's the collaboration with Haim, and it's like the murder mystery song. It's like I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. You know that one? Anyway, it's a murder mystery song. It made me think of it. Yeah, I always start with it's like the, um, is this person, but then it was actually exactly. this person. Like but actually, watching. it was me. That was like good. Actually, opera. I didn't think that you'd like make a, a connection, and that was a good connection. Yeah, it's like kind of a country. But no, I remember that song because I I listened to all the collabs first because those are always like my favorite. Mm, The collaborations. Like we were talking, I was making Joe listen to my December playlist um, that I curate on Spotify that um, we, well, we have a playlist for every month since COVID started. But one of the songs on there was um, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts on Miley Cyrus's new album. Yep. Which I'm totally a fan of. I listen to it all the time. There's like four songs on my playlist this month from that album. But Joe was like, is this Miley Cyrus? I'm like, with Joan Jett, Joe. That's not how I talk. That's not how either I of us I like the talk. Billy Idol one. I need you to do a re I like that album. one too. I like that I like one. The and then there was, um, and there was one that was just her that I really liked. I don't remember the name of it, but it's on there too. That, uh, so yeah, I try to stay contemporary and see what you know the kids are up to. You know what I mean? And um, she gets around. You know, which one? Cyrus. Mm, Millie Vanilli. Miley Cyprus. Millie Cyprus. Um, I was gonna talk about. I just wanted to contribute the sequel spinoffs of Wild Things. No, no, no. No, I just wanted to show you that we got Wild Things. We have Wild Things Two. Who was in that one? Wild Things. The same people. Excuse me. Wild things, diamonds in in the rough, and then wild things, foursome. So There's I think no it just. Well, no, no, no. You forgot about the prequel, tamed stuff. Foursome. Tamed. It's called tamed stuff. Tamed stuff. Oh my! It's it the just, prequel to wild that's things. That's just an orgy at that point, no? Mm-hmm. Right. It just turns into this. Are you this kidding me? Porno selection. But Actually, they're not all in all of those, Joe. There's no way they're all in all of them. They're not. It to be just... like Greece. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, yeah. Too, Tame stuff isn't you know, real, by the way. I was it's lying. It's more I of an idea. It's fake. <laughs> Don't try looking it up. It's not I'm real. Tell me more. Tell me. <laughs> you can't do that to Joe. He's he's very sensitive. So who's in? Tell no, these they're neither of these chicks are Denise Richards or the other one. No, that's just, those are the sequels they're making to try to make money on it, but at the same time, they but probably can't get those people to do like, that again. 
Neff Campbell was wrapped up in the Scream movies. Denise Richards was too busy. Was she with Charlie Sheen? They probably made a video game too. I'm looking for that. That's probably mm, an but, interactive okay, so on is, Newgrounds. So Wild uh-huh. Things too mm-hmm. is two ladies in a pool, looking at the camera, and there's the like silhouette of a of a firearm uh, under the water. I didn't even see that. Look at that. Yeah, it's I'm, a mystery. I'm, I'm going within to it right the, now via but my is there phone. A, is there another one? You said there was a third one. There was a third called Diamonds in the Rough. I'm not seeing a silhouette in this in this poster. It's here. below the it's it's below the water, too. bro. There's well, a... no, but below the water there, then they have Matt Dillon and Kevin Bacon like posing no, 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 all no. sexy. No, no, no. I'm looking at Wild Things too, brother. Oh, Wild Things too. Oh, they're dying to play with you. We're on the, we're on the hunt. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Is that the tagline? Uh, from the first one, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Jesus. So, Joe, have you watched this movie yet? No, I haven't. I don't know. Oh yeah, so it's great. It's on my. I texted my whole family. I said, "Movie night, wild." Do, please don't watch this with your family. Matt Dillon fucks Kevin Bacon. No, that doesn't happen. Well, he fucks him over. He shoots him with a mm-hmm. with a fucking harpoon gun. No, he does not. Nev Campbell does. Who Nev Campbell shoot? Kevin Bacon. She did shoot Kevin Bacon twice. Yeah. Now, um, Matt Dillon tries to use his sailing knowledge to knock uh, Kevin Bacon off the boat. But Kevin Bacon holds onto that rope real tight and gets back up there. Then Nev Campbell comes out of nowhere and shoots him with a harpoon gun. And she's got blonde hair. It looks horrible. And, uh, well, then it goes on to being like, oh, she was never dead. And you really shouldn't have killed Denise Richards because the original plan involved her being alive. There's a fourth one. It's called Wild Things Foursome. He just said that. He said all the movie No, 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 but I'm finding them all. So they all focus around two young women who are trying to do some criminal plot to come across an inheritance of millions of dollars. That's the plot of all of them. Mm-hmm. Ripping basically. off the rich. And so there's Wild Things. Wild Things 2. Wild Things, what was it, fucking Blood Diamond or some shit? That can't be it. What am I, Wild Things Diamonds in the Rough. And then Wild Things Foursome. Let's go to Foursome. That was 2010. If they go Wild Things 5 Alive, I'm going to fucking be through. You could sell me for a penny. <laughs> oh, and then there's the 2009, uh, 2009 sequel, Where the Wild Things Are. Where the that's not, no, that's not connected. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb. Clearly, I was looking for that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so we saw, it turns out Nev Campbell done the whole thing. All she had to do was rip her own teeth out and lay low for a while, and then she slipped away well, with all the money. Even you see after the, in the credits, the Bill, money, Murray, Bill Murray helps her to... Um, of course, get Bill the Murray. money. So Bill Murray and he gets a cut of it. Of so in the end, the both people, both people that win in the situation are Bill Murray and Nev Campbell. And it turns out the reason Nev Campbell did the whole thing was because she, was she wanted revenge on Kevin Bacon because Kevin Bacon shot her friend Davy. Yep. And she had like a 200 IQ or some shit. And, and she was a really smart. No one lady. told anybody till and the she, end of the movie. She was a really smart girl. She lived in the swamp. She had like a 200 IQ, mm. and she engineered this whole revenge plot. To just retire with fucking probably seven million dollars by the time she got to it, and and probably no college, no co- fuck college. You got seven million dollars and two hundred IQ, and and fifty seven, and a suitcase full of money and a new pimples. blonde haircut. She was ready to go. She, she fucked was, Bill Murray for sure. She, there's no set. way she no, fucked Bill she Murray. No, she did not fuck Bill Murray. Life. No, because Bill Murray's that guy that can help you out and I go along his way. Bill and... Murray does okay for himself. By He's his probably. Hats. Is he married? Joe, Let's look go, up if Bill Murray's Joe. married. Bill, Mur- Bill Murray <laughs> is so good at being Caroline, himself. maybe you can help me with this. Um, 
something I noticed that I wrote down. I always like to bring stuff up for uh, I, I I've backed therapy off to every three weeks for the holidays. So some of the okay. stuff I would do there, we kind of have to work out here. Uh, I noticed even before the pandemic, Joe, this is something you and I talked about a lot, but a lot of people, especially people my age, are having this crisis of like, I did all this stuff I was supposed to do, and I'm really, really unhappy, right? Like we had a mm-hmm. guest last week who totally abandoned his um, engineering job because he had a negative experience, and sure. he is now you know, doing comedy full-time in quarantine, um, and uh, I helped him out with some sketches and stuff. Uh, let's introduce him in a, a STL tonight um, that we had on last week that uh, was a was a fun time getting to know him in his process, but it's, a, it's that thing that a lot of people our age, I think, and Caroline, I think maybe you're Clay's age. We're 10 months apart. Clay and I. I think Clay's like one month younger than me or something. Yeah. That's like usually how it goes. Great. A couple days. Great. When's so, your birthday, Clay? November 15th. Mm-hmm. 15th? Mm-hmm. One five. Yeah, you're two weeks younger than me. Yeah. God damn. So oh, did you, I missed did you your just birthday. have a birthday? Early November then, yes. I turned 29 on Halloween. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Fucking Gablin. Right. I thought, I thought we, I was thinking the two weeks the other way for whatever reason. So, I mean, you know, like, like with me, for example, like, uh, I, you know, I got this really great job that I always told myself I wanted. But then, like, once you accomplish those early life goals, like, you tend to get really lost about, like, how to feel meaningful in your day to day life, I think. And I think a lot of people are really grappling with that right now because they're at home with their choices um and their um you know or they have this opportunity to you know completely blow up their previous career and do something else because everything's kind of crazy um and uh you know like is the answer that like you have to immediately have children to fix that problem i don't know some people are doing that i mean but like what i've heard that they fix everything they fix everything right if you just get a you know it's like imagine you're drowning in the existential void, and then someone hands you an infant. You're, you, you don't want to get out of bed because Score! you're afraid to confront your life. Actually, that might be true. Go ahead and get a baby like, in you there. You like go into like that instinctual like yeah, parenting mode. It's like, oh fuck, it. my life sucks. I don't know how to exist in my own It'll pain, but uh, I got to keep this thing alive. So and then now I got to feed this baby, and it distracts you yeah, from all your problems. Somebody's got to feed this baby. Motivation. You know what? I'm gonna go have a baby right now because I've had a really bad couple months. And that just seems like the best solution. Oh, what's no, no, the no. question, though? No, no, no. No, 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 I don't know. Like, I mean, like, what if I want to bring a child into a healthy environment with parents who feel, like, purposeful in their role as citizens? Like, am I crazy? Is that but asking too much? A healthy environment doesn't involve nine yeah, Diet Cokes a, a day. Look, I'm kicking the Diet Coke. Oh, New Clay. Year, me. <laughs> I'm kicking it. You can't just come on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't talk shit on Lion's Choice. It's just Diet Coke. I do love Lion's Choice. I don't know. So, I mean, are you are you are are you grappling with that like artistically at all, or or you know, in your own part? I just feel like a lot of people our age are like, "What am I going to do next?" Can you say that again? Like the question. The question. <laughs> just, you, I mean, you, I have been thinking about identity and vocation a lot lately sure. in relation to that's what I'm saying. The pandemic. Um, I think that a lot of people identify with their work for sure and like i never really identified with being a server like me neither um i think i identify more with 
music and performance, but he's knocking. I need to go get him in here. Sorry. Go get that buddy. Joe. Right yeah, Joe, this is a conversation you and I have started previously. Um, I told him I'd leave the door open. Right. <laughs> Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you listening? Present. Yeah, I'm listening. So do you have a response? Yeah. To uh, the quarter life crises that we're observing all over social media? Yeah. You know, if you could form it in a question. <laughs> I don't have a question. That I can remember. What would you like to talk about in reference like, okay, to Okay, so like a really profound crisis. piece of like what I've been working on in therapy lately is like forgiving my past self for settling for being unhappy previously. Yeah. Do you Jesus. know what I mean? Like trying to plan dramatic changes in my life like 10 years ago before any of those things really started to take shape. Like it would have been arrogant of me to assume that my impulses, you know, to pursue riskier career options were valid for my greater joy down the road. I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? And like I never envisioned the day-to-day challenges. It was all macro. You know what I mean? There was no class on how to like cope with the existential dread that, you know, hits so hard after lunch. That's, yeah. I was, you know, I think a lot of it is breaking out of that, that first draft, you know, of your, like you were saying, you can't take risks, you know, that early on. But I think a lot of how you do really good work comes from being able to break out of that first draft of your life. Not that I'm saying you're in your first draft. Or Are you saying I'm in my first draft? No, I'm not saying you're in your first draft. I'm just saying I, I, I think you should forgive yourself for not taking risks because I think that's all part of the. I think that risks should be necessary and like like drunken two a.m. texts to somebody you shouldn't be texting. That's a bad idea. No, that's how you got to live it. No. Hashtag no regrets. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No. He, re- he, he keeps saying first draft, like there's some sort of revision happening and there's going to be a <laughs> final draft. No, 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 no. No drafting. All just straight up drunk texts. Like yeah. you, maybe ducking is in there because of autocorrect. <laughs> yeah. So, other things. So Caroline Clay is uh, insinuating that he just shoots from the hip. And Every he, time he doesn't draft his life plans, he just you know he sends drunk text messages at five a.m. to people. No, 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 no. Should not be texting. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, that's not a literal. <laughs> that's, it's not literal. That is drunk literally text what he said, over though. here. No, it's not. It's not in a literal form. I'm saying that if your life is a first draft of what it could be right now, according to Joe, my life is more like drunken texts at two a.m. where I'm just kind of going from what's popping in my oh, head at the moment. So that's, that's not why. Your goal. That's why I was you know partially homeless while finishing paramedic school in Kansas City and I moved home and I did nothing with finishing paramedic school and now I'm a bartender and I live with a, a wonderful lady in U City I didn't Jesus. plan any of that there was no drafting yeah I'm just shooting from the hip like you said yeah great mm-hmm. that's yeah that's healthy probably well the, the planet's dying Jacob I think Caroline would you describe yourself as shooting from the hip um I, I like to just describe it as jazz jazz uh, jazz is good I like that it's it- <laughs> Mm. It's kind of that makes it sound cooler and uh, less, less reckless, um, less frightened, desperate. Yeah, it's not desperate. <laughs> yeah. It's whimsical. Desperate. A whimsical. Clay prefers whimsical to desperate. Is the term shooting from the hip referring to like a sexual organ, or is it no, just no, no, like no. that means like when you pull your gun out of your holster and Joe, you just do you not have a dick on your hip and fire? You don't have a dick on your hip. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, right. Caroline. Ooh. So remind me again. Where can I uh, invite people to uh, to to find you online to to see what you're up to in the near future with your various um, musical endeavors? 
Hey, buddy. There's buddy. There's buddy. my friend. Wait, he's not connected to this mic, so we gotta get him in on the call. Is that possible? How? Wait, Wait, we can't. No, why not? Do you have a splitter? Oh, you're on a Google thing. Yeah, it's a Google Meet. Well, it's Buddy. I'll just look pretty. Buddy. Hi. You Hi, Jake. Just, yeah. Hi, Buddy. I love Buddy. Um, I want to do a uh, a thing with Buddy someday. We don't know what. Me and Buddy have thrown that back and forth for a long time. We're going to do all sorts of things someday. Someday, maybe, so. when the war is over. And uh, when the fighting stops, and it's so lovely to see your faces in the same room, uh, the color coordination happening right now is on fleek. It was green and red day at work where I work today. Um, Caroline, I was asking... Uh, you were saying YouTube, Instagram, Facebook? Uh, is yeah, mostly... if, I mean, if you, like, search on YouTube, just Caroline Steinkamp, some mm-hmm. stuff will pop up. And then I have a music page. It's just, just Caroline. Just shooting from the hip on that one. Well, jazz. If you just shoot some jazz, Caroline, into the YouTube, and then uh, your music page, you Caroline. You won't find any jazz, on but Facebook. Find I'm excited jazz. about stuff that's going to be forthcoming from, um, from you guys. I'm so excited to... Uh, hear more from you and have you guys on the show live here um soon i'm gonna let you guys go because we are way over the time i promised that i'd let you go by um but i so appreciate seeing you and i want to see you guys again soon um all right anything for the good of the gander before we bounce um i think we're gonna go live wednesday night and maybe on christmas too and just do some christmas so this will be posting wednesday morning so this will be posting a holiday special there are so many men talking in my what? ear right I'm now. sorry. <laughs> Patriarchy hey. happening. Hey. This is why I invited you, because I need your I need your, your feminine touch <laughs> on the experience. Um, so you're talking about live on your Facebook page, you believe? Or Instagram? Probably Instagram. Yeah. It's only dress up at, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And live on the 23rd and live maybe Christmas Day, the 25th, yeah. Wednesday and Friday. If the people, if the people want it. I think that's we'll a good idea. And then I'll do Christmas Eve. And then that way we're not competing. And okay. then, no, we're recording this now. This will go out Wednesday morning. So that'll drop just in time to get people on the on the up. Yeah. I just decided that today when I was smoking weed and drinking coffee. Oh, I, mm. thought, I thought you meant like when we were just that talking nice. about it. That would be funny. <laughs> it, it was an epiphany. Yes. <laughs> Either way. Smoke but that's really that's really coffee. all that's going on anyway so yeah that's good great stopping point no that's um, good enough that's good enough for me so yeah you guys are dismissed and uh and i'll be in touch here shortly babe i'll give you a i'll give you a hit up on the gram thank god okay cool okay feel free to hang <laughs> up on me <laughs> bye caroline bye bye buddy bye jake bye buddy I think we're alone now. Hey, Joe. We're, <laughs> we're still going. I just wanted to let them go because they were having issues hearing us. And, you know, I really was talking her ear off. And she's so great. Caroline Steinkamp, Buddy uh, Shoemaker, Eugene, Buddy Patterson, oh, right. Shoemaker the Third. Eugene. For some reason, I thought his name was Greg. No, Greg. Oh, wait. No, I know this other buddy. There's a guy Greg. named Greg who's also Buddy. I know another guy from high school that was Buddy, but, he, but his name was actually Greg. That's why I did. Eugene. Eugene, That's uh, a good, shoemaker, very name. talented, handsome gentleman, and a Joe, bartender can extraordinaire. See, can you see what that cat's doing? Yeah, what is it, buddy? If the cats are fucking with my show again, I swear they're to God, they're not fucking with your show. I'll they're they're the smelling my jacket. Let them smell you. You got a cat at home, is why they're smelling betrayal. Is what they're smelling. I don't care, they're loving on me. 
He's okay. Everything's fine. Jake, these cookies, these are phenomenal. They yeah. really are. You I've enjoyed every all. single. Oh, have... we've been plowing through these. No, I just cookies. want one. Because we couldn't really get a word in, because you were so talking Joe, so much. Joe, we were talking. <laughs> Joe, we were just talking about the existential dread. <laughs> what was that? That was crazy, man. Yeah. Was that my microphone? No, no it's fine. Microphone's fine. No, was, Nothing happened. We the just, it was the I think the ten-year warranty on that one's expired. That's okay. It's still functioning. <laughs> he kicked the cat. Joe, I need a water. <laughs> oh god. Thank you, buddy. So. Clay, let me catch you up. Me and Joe have had this conversation before, but it's not uncommon for even really successful uh, people our age to feel this existential dread once they kind of go through the motions and find that they're really unhappy even still. Well, you can really blame that on how um, society has progressed in the sense of like being reliant on social media and stuff and actually how that does kickstart the uh, depression earlier in life. You think it makes you think it bums you out younger? Yeah, I think that. Is that what you notice? I think that our technological advances uh, and our access to information. Technological. Mm-hmm. Technological. Uh, yeah, that one. I think that all of these things have actually, yeah, caused us to, you know, just become irritated with the conditions of the planet that we're living on faster. So quarter life crises are more common now than half life crises. Crises. So, oh. and you think that's because we're starting, we're starting our over involvement with the greater community way earlier in life in a way that's maybe developmentally inappropriate. Yeah. Our first draft, if you will. I don't. You guys disagree on that. I'm just kidding. You guys disagree on that approach, but I think we can find some common ground here. I like jazz. I like that Caroline called it. And jazz. here's the thing that, like, the people you take your cues from in your personal life growing up are just as learned as they are accomplished they're only that hip you know what i mean to how to be successful they can only advise you on as successful as they've been safe for any mistakes maybe that they can guarantee that you won't make right like would your favorite internet personality be where they are if they had listened to their parents opinions of the internet right would honey would honey eats is that her name the girl that i like that eats the chicken nugget i have no idea the only fans no, no, no! It's on oh. YouTube. But like, if her, if she listened to what her uh, her poor, sweet, you know, uh, Asian American immigrant mother uh, told her to do for her career, I don't think she'd be eating chicken nuggets on YouTube for money. Well, no, and you're right. I mean, well, think about other people. Um, was it your friend's, uh, your friend Chris's little brother Craig? He got into finance, mm-hmm. and he was like making a crazy six six figure salary, and he took a crazy pay cut and changed his job because he was just miserable yeah. because someone told him that hey. You should probably making six figures when you're 23 years old and uh, live in Atlanta or do something crazy like that. So you should go to business school because that's what parents want you to do. And this guy's so, making shitloads of money, well, yeah. but he's miserable. So right. he takes a, a huge pay cut. He was making like $300,000 a year or something fucking nuts. And they cut, cut it down to like more than 50%. Yeah, you're, doxing, you're doxing him right now. But yeah, I totally agree. That, well, like, I don't know the guy on a personal totally, level, really. Our, um, I just uh, know the story and it's interesting. Yeah, our, and it's a good example. It's when you're, when you're miserable with something, you can make a life change. And I feel like yeah. our friend last week that we had on um our friend andrew from stl tonight was has been open about this on his program so i, I don't feel bad mentioning it but that's kind of how he got into starting his own youtube channel and doing comedy as sort of a kind of a career now was he was just so unhappy in a job that really paid really well he was able to buy a house he has a really cool car um a lot of that stuff is 
paid off or, or you know what I mean? He got all that stuff in the door with mm-hmm. when he was at a salary that kind of made that stuff easier. But now he's kind of figuring out what he wants to do to feel important in his life. I think it's kind of the follow-up I wanted to make. And I just, you know, I think I take for granted that because working uh, in schools like I do is it feels really important while you're doing it because there's a level of need, right? They, but I forget that other people kind of don't have that connection and you know there's plenty of days that i wish i was doing something maybe more creative or more um fun but um i just don't think like profoundly successful people that we can name like are just doing the the basic go to college and get a job and buy a house kind of formula well that's what everyone wants for their children like they didn't just do the shit they didn't i mean you know they didn't have a 4.0 gpa or perfect credit or you know especially in my case everyone i respect and love and take real input from all had kids before they were my age now that i am now it's very true and we've talked about this that you know my parents had us when we were like 22 so they never had this space in their 20s to just build their career and grow as a person on their own well, um, our father did start his own company because they had us, and he's since then been successful with it. Sure. And our mother quit doing hairstyling and whatever the hell she was doing and got went to nursing school, and she seems to be a pretty successful Well, nurse. and I mentioned that here, is that, you know, like, like, they had babies to feed, so that's like our privilege, is that we, we haven't had that burden yet. Like, it's we true. were joking with Caroline, <laughs> just put a baby on it. Mm-hmm. No, you know I, 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 mean? I agree. If, if I had a, really like kept us, uh, if I had a child by now, that'd be a nightmare. But I probably would have gotten my shit together a little bit faster. You think so? Do you, so? You feel like it is within your control to get your shit together? Oh, hundred percent. It's just I don't feel like there's this deadline, even though I'm approaching thirty. Uh, you, you I look damn good. Thanks. Uh, I'm. Uh, I, I still don't feel like there's like a. I don't feel like there's someone hitting me in the ass with a broomstick trying to get me out the door. You know, like I'm. I'm still perusing. You're still grazing. Mm-hmm. You're not laying down roots yet. You no, still yeah. want to taste. I'm the on grass. all fours in the field, munching Just that donkey grass. Donkey lip in that grass. Um, 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 donkey um, lip like a camel think, on that grass. I think you're putting down though the fact that you know the kids they want. You were talking about the format for college kids. You know, or get good, get good grades. Probably college, and, then, 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 you know, spouse, then kids. Then kids, that's right. Usually be necessary. Broken yeah. homes are still frowned upon, even though I feel like there's a lot more of them than there is non Well, we don't want them relying on the government. Anyway, so I, I think... What? You'd, <laughs> I think a lot of people don't want that. A lot of people really want that formula. A lot of people really, they want an So answer. this is what I'm talking about. So here's, for example, my parents did a really good job of teeing me up for success so that if I just didn't mess things up, I had a path forward into the life that I have now, right? Um, and and that was you know the privilege that I talk about. And my parents had plenty to worry about, so they didn't have time to dig deeper for themselves when me and my brother were children. Um, uh, Clay, did I ever introduce you on the show today? My ba- uh, my baby brother is here. I think you did. I mean, I'm hoping like, I did. It was quick, and um, and probably so they had us, and I know. You know, mom later, when she got into medicine, really got to do some of that, and she feels really fulfilled in her career, and she really loves what she does now, and she's saving lives and really caring for really vulnerable people, mm-hmm. and um, and that's so important. And, and she's making that government money. And she's getting that good, that good, 
When you get it like that, honey. G-U-B-M-I-N-T, government money. When you got a health program and you can get dental and vision. (laughs) And baby girl, if you got some elective (laughs) surgery you want to do, honey. Do you think she uses her insurance for her Botox? I don't. I think she'd be embarrassed to do so. I feel like she I'm gonna feel get like, a little. Botox. I feel like she feels like they would judge her for that. I, I don't. Is there any negative side effects of Botox? Um, you Joe, can't, can you, you Google can't really express feelings for a while. I don't, who needs them? I'd love to look high and tight like this all the time. High and tight. Would you have uh, beard implants ever? No, I, I have plenty of that. Beard implants. No, I want to get Botox in my dick. The possible side effects Ugh. and complications and. Include pain, swelling, and bruising on injection site, headache, or flu-like symptoms. This is yeah, because you're putting a fucking needle in your skin. That yeah, that and that's actually what they're saying. My is, dick's already kind of like that all the time. Gross, man. Uh, I actually have some other searches you asked me to put up here. I've got the writer for Wild Things is Stephen Peters, and Bill Murray is actually not married at the moment. He has six kids and two ex-wives. Divorced in 2008. Yeah, he's been single for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. So that's all out of the way. Just he's been married twice. How old are his kids? He also has like ten siblings. Apparently, didn't tell me, man. Fucking Wikipedia, man. I didn't realize he had children. Well, well I mean, it's sense. not like he fires blanks. I mean, look at him. He's Bill fucking Murray. Yeah, that's true. He's loaded up with that good spunk. He's firing I mean, he from, the from the hip. He shoots from the hip. He's from the hip. From his hip dick. <laughs> with his hip dick. Hip shooting dick shooting. Dick. Cacao. And for example, great transition to, you know, I hope my dad has this fulfillment in his career. They say that people that make things for a living have really tangible feelings of fulfillment. By their work. Oh, I think, I think that he's proud of his job, yes. You know what I mean? And he especially works for himself and he he really sees the translation from the work he puts into the money that he sees in the bank. Like I think he I think that's why he keeps doing what he does. Like I don't I can't see him working for somebody for real. He's good with his clients, but he's ultimately his own boss. Horrible social skills. I mean, like a mule. He's a fucking child. He'll come at you like a Love him. I love him to death, but sometimes he says things and (laughs) it's like, He will honk on you, brother. Do you guys have the same dad? Are you shitting me? As far as we know, we are full blood blood relatives, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only nine months apart. Ten months apart. Ten, yeah. Yeah, I'm January. He's November of the same Uh, calendar year. Try not to digress too much, but- uh, I do think that that idea of the quarter life crisis is actually better than a half life crisis when you really think about it. Because there's there's earlier on, it's time to rebuild and change things up when it's not too late. It's way better to like change your career path at 25 than it is to like be 50 and divorce your wife and start mm-hmm. especially if you dating sell kids someone that are children. that's like 28 and blonde and dumb and uneducated and you and buy a motorcycle and that's like this. how your life your life is now better because you did all these dumb things yeah. and ruined your your currently you stable know, situation I, I was just thinking about this this morning and i could never remember this guy's name so it's, i could keep him anonymous because i really don't know his fucking name but a friend of a friend of mine came over after band practice one time and he was asking our bass player about his custody agree- agreement and and we didn't realize that he was separated or going to get separated, and that's when he kind of explained to us the situation. And now I listen to a lot of podcasts, like with like for example, I love fucking Doctor Drew and people like that who would give really good life advice because I give it to other people, you know, and I act like I made it up. Especially people at work, I'm like, you know what you need to do, girl. You need to get up in there. You need to confront some demons, and they love to hear that. And so, Doctor Drew doesn't say that, but um, that he was saying. 
What are we talking about? I don't. I, don't, I was listening. You, Doctor Drew. What is you were yeah, bringing up what something were you about Doctor Drew? About Doctor Drew. But wait, why though? We were talking about. So you were. So you were talking about. Okay, you were talking about. I'm pretty sure you're talking about your friend who was talking about custody agreements with somebody else. Yeah. And oh. Oh. So Doctor Drew is saying all the kinda, time. You kind of like Drew went through saying, eight things at once. No, Doctor Drew is saying all the time that the <laughs> hardest part of your life is when you have young children, like between like zero and five. Is statistically for zero, everybody wait, zero to five years or zero to five children? Zero to five years okay. of the child's ages because that's well, such a hands on, challenging part of their development. Yeah, you got to teach them how to poop in a toilet. Right. There's stuff like that that it makes it really hard to have a satisfying romantic relationship with your partner on top of all that other stuff you have to confront every day. And you're exhausted. But here's the thing I think my buddy maybe could have stuck his marriage out if he had known that because he they didn't. It's not like they were messing around or that there was some big scandal. No, it's just you felt like the love and the passion and the relationship because was gone. Because you had a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah, because all of your energy goes into raising human beings. No, that's real talk. That's real. Because and why wouldn't you? why yeah. wouldn't you later in your life, after you have children, and then you can start to focus on you again, why wouldn't you say, hey, I committed to this relationship with this person, and I'm going to salvage it, and what we're going to do is we're going to rebuild that intimacy around our needs at this age, as opposed to like Clay said, blowing it up and I'm going to buy a Yamaha motorcycle and go to the casino with a, with a 26 year old girl that I met on Tinder as a grown man, you're 40 and you got kids and you're taking a 26 year old to the casino from Tinder to get crab legs, to get crap. You're going to say, baby, you want to fucking unlimited crab legs stand in line for crab legs. I'm going to wear my denim on my denim on my denim, honey. And she gets buffet sushi because she's fucking stupid. She's got glitter on her face. (laughs) I, you know, I think that's a great point though, because people nowadays really do not understand that things can be put off. Like, like, yes, this is really bad right now, but it's not going to be bad forever. Like, we're not stuck here. And, I, and I'm constantly, as a millennial, mm, I'm man, constantly... But it, is, it is dark right now. You're though. a young millennial. I don't know if you count as a millennial. Um, Tail end. You're, you're a little young. What are you, 23? The end is 97. I'm 97. Oh, okay. So, okay, we'll call you the shoehorn. That makes sense. If there's, a, if there's an end... You're 97? Are you aging like Benjamin Button? He's I'm, Benjamin Button. He I, came I out... Am. It's fucking crazy, dude. He came crazy, out like dude. Kevin Bacon's dick in Wild Things. Just... Well, you should have a better opinion of Reagan than the Reagan administration then if you're fucking 97 years old. I don't know why you <laughs> yeah. were so quiet when we were talking your, about Reagan. I was talking mad shit on Reagan, bro. It was you a just dark let me, time. You were sitting there quietly. You just let me dog your boy like that? You're just going to let me... Talk shit on Reagan like that. Okay, well, at the time he was five foot two and looked like he was eighty three. So I mean, he had Who, a lot Reagan's? going. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Joe here. Yeah, it was, it was, just, it was a long if time. he was aging in reverse, then uh, he was going through a whole. See, lot I get of lost shit. in this metaphor. Like that's what I didn't like about that Lady Gaga song with Bradley Cooper's was like just I get lost in the. Are you under the sea? Like what is the metaphor? Can we just can you just tell me you're sad? What is this? And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just oohs and ahs. <laughs> I think like, it, I think that it was a song about. Do you remember addiction. when music was music? Do you remember like remember be- when remember when music was about shaking butts? You know what I mean? Like, do you remember? Um, what, 2012. Joe, what was that yeah. filth I was listening to when we were in here earlier? There's a song from 1998 that is on my Jacob V's favorite songs playlist yeah, for December. Yeah, that was awful. And it's called "Touch It." Touch and it. I remember listening to it on a boombox. It was on Z1077 or whatever it was. Salt and Pepper? No, no, no. It's some. Let's push it. No, yeah. This was like 10 years later. This was 1998. And it's like a filthy song. I can't play it on the podcast um, because it's somebody else's song. But uh, it's on my playlist on Spotify. It's by Louis C.K. There's no way. They never actually touch it. You yeah. have to remember everything Yikes. that happened in the, both in the, both the 80s and the 90s that then led to the certain, like, you know, 
music genres. You know, I mean, oh, the 90s yeah. got pretty fucking weird because the 80s was just a coke-fueled nightmare. It was. And then the 90s was everyone who had to grow up in the 80s dealing with the fact that they didn't know what the hell was going on in the 80s. And so they made weird shit. Maybe they explored some stuff sexually. Do you know how much they talked about sex and sitcoms? Well, even? Well, and that's a huge problem that Doctor Drew talks about too. Is that in Friends, the seventies there was this all he did was talk about sex. There's this huge Frasier. which is weird because now you watch Friends and it seems like Frasier was sexy as fuck. In our memory, it seems like um, Friends was super sexual. But you listen, you watch it now on HBO or whatever it's on, and you don't. It's not nearly as raunchy as you remember it being. It's so weird how how stuff changes. Yeah, I was watching How I Met Your Mother. Because I'm a, I'm a millennial, and I'll you tell you, the, the stuff they get away with, you know, on that show, you know, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, uh, what Neil Patrick Harris's character always just about is wearing suits and, and banging women, so yeah. Right. Now you uh, got shows like The Unicorn, which is uh, horrible, but it's about a single dad who's a widower, and it's him trying to get back into the dating scene while having two young daughters. Oh. And still grieving the loss of his wife, and he's got his friends pushing him out there, and it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's just kind of fucked up. And he's a unicorn because he's like the thing that everyone looks for, because he's not a single middle-aged man through divorce or through his own right, fault. His right. wife passed away, so he's actually wonderful and perfect and tender <laughs> and probably hung like a fucking moose. Kevin Bacon. Like Kevin Bacon and Wild Things, like I said, it was a it was a a good penis. I wouldn't say it was huge. It wasn't like Boogie Nights. I'm looking it up. Look up his dong. Yeah, fucking Google Google Kevin Bacon's dong Kevin and Wild Things. Bacon. He shows it. That's the thing. The Marky Mark Kevin's dong in Boogie Nights was fake. The Marky Mark dog in Boogie Nights was blurred because it was so fake. Yes, but it was a monster. It was a monster fake. Mm-hmm. Should we have a whole segment where we talk about celebrity penises? Because I heard that Brad Pitt is hung like a field mouse. W- Really? That's hilarious. He even came out about it. He just like he was just like, Yeah, I got, my my penis is all right. Oh, it's it's a little on the small side. Mm. What? I need Joe, I need that article where he says that. I think it was an interview. <laughs> I think who? he said I think he said it's like a hamster. I think that's what he said. Brad no, he, Pitt no, talks he did about not. penis. Googling it via Yeah, do an incognito window, please. That's yeah, that'd be better for you to look into than just seeing Use a picture the VPN. of, of Kevin not a Bacon's sponsor. Gone. Too late. You already put that on my thing. Now I'm gonna get Brad Pitt fucking this isn't your dick computer. energy in my Amazon all the time from the NSA, who never reached out to me about how many chicken make chickens. Wait, I've eaten. wait, wait. How did we get from talking about families and quarter life crises and half life crises and all this stuff to celebrity penises? What did we do? No, well, it's, it's celebrity penises have been a recurring theme of this episode. Um, Only because we talked about Kevin Bacon's dong when we were talking about wild things, which we really didn't talk that much about. What, Wild Thing? Yeah, we talked about it for like five minutes. How'd you feel about it? The movie? Yeah, Caroline couldn't hear you. I thought, exactly, and there was a problem there, and why I was contributing less earlier in the evening is because uh, Caroline and I could not talk directly, and therefore I was just kind of taking a step back. Uh, How how did I feel about Wild Things? Uh, As far as, um, like, the banging high school girls thing goes, not for it. I don't think that's, I think that's in poor taste. However... Yeah, they've really dialed everything that down else about it. Every recently. single thing else about it, honestly, is pretty solid. I think that other than like maybe the performances and some of the like dialogue, other than that, I think it's a it's a good sexy crime drama. So you're a, saying you th- like to have sexy crime dramas in your life? 
Yes, without actually having to like suffer the consequences. But you know, you like to watch sexy crime dramas. Who doesn't want to watch a sexy crime this drama? This is my thing. I really was like, there's no audience for this movie anymore. No, and not now. But if you live in the nostalgia that was the time where sexy crime drama was the world, which was the turn of the century. I mean, everyone thought the planet was going to die, which now it is. But I mean, everyone thought it was going to die immediately at midnight when it turned the year 2000. Why 2K? And so it's like, hey, let's just, let's just all fuck and kill and have a good time. Wow. That's deep, bro. Mm. That's deep, bro. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. And listen, I talk shit on my career all the time, but it's really given I mean, me I was a, a child I in mean, the 90s. I, have, I was I, born in 91, so I really can't speak for it. But looking back into just all of the film and stuff back then, there was a lot of fucking and killing and, 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 and killing fucking. And so you feel like that's the shoot from the hip kind of ideology that you try to adopt in your life? Well, I think that my life has taken so many turns that shooting from the hip is not the worst thing that I could do. Shooting from the dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know where he's at. All right. But no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It could be totally worse. So what's the answer? What's our what's the answer to our uh to our friends who aren't living in a sexy crime drama and who kinda hate their daily experience? What are we gonna tell them to do, Claybug? Keep on keeping on. What does that mean? That's awful. That's why people drive their car <laughs> off a bridge. No, you're right. No, you're right. That's horrible advice. Seriously. Actually, no, was that's had... the advice that we were given, and that's I... exactly why no. I just kind of live my life as I'm going, is because, I don't know, I really don't regret making changes, but like I could have stayed in Kansas City and married someone who I fucking hated and bought property and gotten a job that was comfortable but I was miserable in and just lived it out and then <clears throat> died of like a... Uh, 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 a hernia, like a like a some sort of like herniation in my arteries or something at like forty two and been Hemorrhage. totally okay with, yeah that, you know like a triple A or something which is a ascending abdominal so, uh or no, ascending aortic aneurysm yes what that's do you what I was think, thinking of what do you think social media in the most off the because what know, Clay is way, conjecturing is that social media has moved the the prototypical midlife crisis up to where the quarter life crisis exists and that's okay. how our generation is experiencing it is this... think about it no no hold on think about it think about it. your phone's dead mm-hmm. you don't have access to google facebook instagram anything like that you are just living in your moment knowing what you have to do about your day and getting it done right and that is the most productive you can possibly be at anyone in our generation right now who has a smartphone the most productive you can be is when you're not accessing your phone right because this thing can give you all the information that you want in the world. But also knowing all that information is fucking devastating because the world sucks and horrible things happen everywhere all the time. And yes, we used to get newspapers and all that stuff and watch the news or whatever. But there was a point in your day where you would do that and then everything else was you being fully in tune to your life. Right. Which is great. Now all people want to do is I set my alarm for 7 a.m. I wake up at 7 a.m. I don't get out of bed till fucking 9 a.m. Want to know why? Because I'm spending two hours looking at my little fucking computer screen and just learning all this information that I don't want to fucking know because it just makes me sad. Right. You know? So everyone's devastated and everyone thinks I'm miserable, I'm depressed, but now being miserable and depressed is the norm and it's accepted and it's almost encouraged because it's like, haha, me too, fam. But it fucking sucks. Yeah. So quarter-life crises it's occur like, instead of half-life crises, midlife crises, because people need to make a fucking positive change or else everyone's going to want to fucking pop a bunch of opioids and jump off a goddamn bridge. God damn it, that does sound good. But it's a bad thing. 
but it's also a positive thing because it's speeding up this kind of shitty process that was already going to happen kind of for some people, for a lot of people. So would you say that social media had a positive in the long run? Do you think it had kind of slightly a positive influence in your life? It has its ups and its downs, but the biggest part is is, uh, that that I can argue and it's the most simple one is ignorance is bliss. You're totally happy when you're just living your shit and doing your shit. And as soon as you hear about everyone else's bad day, a village getting bombed over something over in the fucking Middle East or something because of an oil war or like a celebrity that you fucking once loved passing away uh, at his home, happy or in a horrible fucking helicopter crash with his daughter, whichever one we want to get into. It saddens you and it takes a toll, you know, it fucking it takes a chunk of your fucking energy away for the day. And then you go home. And you lay there and you look at your fucking information brick until you drop it on your face because you're so goddamn tired. <laughs> and then you wake up the next day and you do the exact same thing. And no one's really unplugged anymore. And being plugged in for that long is taxing. Imagine running your vacuum cleaner for 15 hours a day. Right. I, I your electric, your three, electric bill will fucking go crazy. I have three Roombas. And I'm trying to make a weird analogy here, but I'm just or a metaphor. It's just kind of like, you know, if you're that plugged into the misery and the reality without just focusing on your shit and getting through your shit and you're worried about everyone else's shit, especially being a fucking like toxic empath like I am. Me right. too. Like it sucks because then you just feel horrible for everyone all the time and it's exhausting. And then you just want to fucking token up 18 times a day and right. and just live in a cloud because you can't fucking escape the reality right like so this yeah you're going right where i was gonna go this is great oh man it sucks and it hurts no but it's good to you got to externalize the nihilism because then there's hope because someone's listening yeah so what you're saying is kind of like knowing it it becomes your responsibility knowing everything becomes your responsibility no knowing everything is your burden because then you're burdened with the sadness of the reality that is our existence that's really hard it sucks you guys your lives suck, man. It do, no, our lives are actually pretty great. We have a really good <laughs> you <know>? family. <laughs> you know, we both kidding. have good sources of income. We both have great partners. I mean, our lives are not that bad, but sure as shit, they could be better. You know what Trump said? Okay, go, go on. Bring we it on. need help from the boss. Uh, Joe, can you pull this clip up? You mean Bruce Springsteen? The Trump. Boss. The tr- God, yeah, the boss. No, we need help from Jesus. The boss. Yeah, we can't say Jesus on the podcast. The man upstairs. We can say Lion's Choice and Diet Coke, but we can't say Jesus. He what said, kind of trademark he bullshit? He said in a this? rally. <laughs> he said in a rally after, oh, like, God. right before the election, he was saying that, um, you know, people say to me, they say you're the most famous person that's ever lived. And I said, no, <laughs> no Jesus, way. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's not even close. It's not even close. I don't want any arguments. I don't want any arguments. It's not even close. Jesus Christ. And all the... Still need help from the boss. There it is. I still think he's talking about Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) The whole time, secretly. (laughs) Jesus Springsteen. Did you listen to the whole thing? Come on, it's only one minute. Listen, listen it up. Now they'll criticize me for that. How dare he say that? How dare he say that? No, this is a big I'll moment. Say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> he said to me the other day, you're the most famous person in the world by far. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I said
that four was, more years. That, <laughs> that was his Abraham Lincoln like speech. Yeah, that was that, his, was, that was his Gettysburg address. That was his Gettysburg. <laughs> was him just being like, "Hey, no, 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 no. it's not me, it's Jesus." Yeah, like that. I love, I love shit. your your Trump sounds like Big Ange. You're right. I fucked that up. Belvedere vodka, yeah. the best vodka. <laughs> I wake up at seven a.m. and I put Botox straight in my ass, <laughs> and I make a martini with Belvedere. <laughs> Stella door breakfast. <sighs> Fuck. No, but really though, um chicken wing, chicken also, wing. Also, I love that whole crazy stupid re- Republican Jesus fucking <laughs> politics and religion caught together bullshit. It makes no I, sense. I I heard recently a whole thing that was like the idea that like Jesus was actually probably a a, a brown-skinned gay man. Gay? Yeah. No, you, he had that girl. You think he wasn't fucking his disciples? No, at least bisexual or pansexual. He could have been pan, like like um like um um Lando Calrissian. When's the last time you saw a heterosexual fucking white man say, "Hey, rub these oils on my feet"? Girl, I love an oil on my foot. No, see, that's not, oh, that's not the thing, honey. Rub I, me I love down, the idea. Girl. I love the idea that Jesus was Loop at least at feet, least honey. a bisexual, if not pansexual, brown man, and could exist that way. Instead, it got blown up and rewritten by fucking stupid white people to make it sound like it's a whole thing. But we're not going to get into religion here. That's Clay's Jesus. Why not? We're already all the way there. We're already in it. I know. We're already balls deep in it, shooting from the hip, dick. Mm. Mm. Um, but. Overall, yes, I think I fully covered what I wanted to talk about when it came to the idea of the quarter-life crisis being normal and healthy, actually. Making a change before it's too late Because here's what I, That's exactly bad. what I was saying, because here's what I'm thinking. Like, this is the longest, like Caroline was mentioning earlier, that I've ever gone without drinking alcohol as an adult. Yeah. And it's also, I've made some really positive life improvements in that time. It also happens to be a global pandemic. But I'm also really confronting some serious concerns about how i want to spend my 30s like what kind of work i want to be doing oh same and what kind 100%. of environment i want to be in right and that's a healthy conversation to have with yourself i think it's important to check in with yourself like matthew mcconaughey says check in with the me and the we and the i and the whatever he says he, he i'm sure a, it sounds better when he says it oh yeah he's on a book tour talking all mad shit it's crazy that's and, fucking awesome um but like so you got to check in with yourself and do that stuff but i think i used to really have like no self-esteem. I wouldn't trust myself with decisions. Oh yeah, no, I get that actually. And I've made some big changes in the last year as well. You, you know? look good. Thanks. Oh yeah. Shredded. I mean, I did. I did gain about twenty pounds back. But overall, I lost about. 40. It's all in your dick. Overall, I lost about forty-three pounds, <laughs> and then I broke my arm, and then I gained about twenty pounds, <laughs> and now I'm working on getting back down. But the big life changes, and you you know, it's kind of like the people that like they won't drink, but they like smoke weed, like California sober. It's like I'm kind of living the idea where I have my balances too. It's like I work out like I hate myself, really great, but then I'm also an insufferable alcoholic, so it balances out so nice. Yeah, and so why I'm is this, the, I'm in this limbo? Why is the exercise so important to you? Uh, mental health, honestly, the endorphins and everything, and then also this feeling of of progress and seeing actual physical progress and all that. It, it, it's, what does that it, look it, like? It's Describe a, that to me. It's a motivator. But describe physical progress. As, as physical an progress, muscle tone, hypertrophy, definition. Are you measuring? Um, like, are you measuring any? Or do you have any stats you follow on that? No, no, no. There are other people that measure things and whatever, but I don't usually do that. I barely even try to weigh myself. But when I do, I like to make sure that my numbers are down. 
But, uh, I mean, you know, just like seeing like your stomach get smaller or your ass get bigger, but in a good way, you know, or like nice muscle cuts in your thigh meats. Oh, when you got that cut, like Usher, remember Usher on The Fabulous Life on VH1? Mm. Uh, he was talk. He you mean I the surreal life? He went through his. Um, you mean no, the surreal life? No, 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 he was not. Usher was not on the surreal. That life. makes sense. He was too successful. The fabulous life was Robin Leach's show. He used to do lifestyles of the rich and famous back oh, in the day. But he yeah. had a show on VH1 called The Fabulous Life, and then they were doing Usher, and they went through like his workout routine with his own private trainer, and he was all about you got to have that cut. You ain't got that cut. You ain't got nothing. You got to have that cut. And you're talking about that crease. In your pelvis area. Oh, that V, the V, yeah, the one that Brad Pitt really has in a uh, Fight Club. The V all the way down to his mediocre hamster dick. Yes, that one exactly. <laughs> what kind of what kind of protein do you drink, Clay? Not to plug the protein. He Maybe we mixes. Shouldn't. He mixes fucking. I, I, I get a lot of supplements. Actually. Hydrogenated fucking bone uh, marrow no, into a bang no, energy no, drink, no, and he no. pumps it in his ass. No, so I do take. Uh, <laughs> I do take certain supplements, and there are, there's a meal replacement protein, like whey protein, things like that, yeah. which are good for like just kind of like wake up and have that. Yeah. But then there's a post workout protein that can help get to the damaged fibers faster. And it's hydrolyzed protein. We gotta talk off. off so that's the good. Yeah. I enjoy that. And actually, yeah, don't hijack and my also, fucking show there, with this garbage. There, no, there, there, <laughs> also, there also is a local St. Louis um, supplier of supplements called First Form that oh, has really? great shit. Yeah. Uh, but they are definitely not cheap. Yeah. But they're fucking awesome and they're local and it's great to support them. Yeah. And they have all this stuff. I also have a, a post workout um, creatine be powder. I have a post workout carbohydrate they better powder. better not be fucking Nazis. Um, I have um I have their Opti Green, which is a superfood powder that they Are have, which is also good for immune support. <laughs> Are um, you a plant? I have, their, I have their pre-workout powder, which is like it's good enough that it, it makes your face itch a little bit, but it it's not like overwhelming. Yeah, you, you know how I face down the existential void is I said that reefer and diet coke. I said that today in a motherfucking <laughs> inter, in a fucking meeting at work. Somebody was saying. Um, we were talking to a former colleague who now lives in Alaska, and she was saying how everyone there Good is really. Her. Oh, it's great. She loves it. And Fuck. she was saying how everyone there is really serious. And I made the joke just in the chat on the side because I was having my existential Denise? dread. Yeah, I was having my existential. Ranger, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. You just we're, doxed. We know right? the same it, we just talking about doxing? We know the same person. <laughs> so yeah, she anyway, used, she used to have my same job at a different building. That's so. You're cool. gonna have to clip her name out of the show yourself now. You no, but Meredith. I, I moved Meredith Cowell. That's nuts. I, I moved. I helped move her to Alaska. Anyway, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Denise. Oh. I, I don't know. When you did that, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, "How did that happen?" Because <laughs> just you know, just continue. You know how the universe is fucking with us. I did. I do work for the district that where you went to high school. Is we are works, we so are in a simulation. Sense. Yes. So where was I? You cocksuckers. God damn it. What? We're all just big bio batteries in vats like the Matrix. We all know that we're not actually existing. You think we'd be better at it if we knew it was fake? Man, you fit right in around here. <laughs> yeah. You should ask him the big question, Jake, the big interview question. Mm. Oh, Clay, who do you think is entitled to the Holy Land? Who do I think is entitled to the Holy Land? If there is a Holy Land, who is entitled to it? You know the one that they're always fighting over, like Jerusalem you mean like, and shit. Like, oh, you, oh, Israel. And oh, whatnot. you were well, talking about the Palestinians and the Israel. Who do you Israelite, think? I'm just Israeli. Shoot from the hip on that one. Who do you think? Who you who you vote for on that shoot one? Honestly, I if don't. You gotta donate a I missile. Don't I don't know enough information. <laughs> 
I if don't... that's your Christmas gift to the world, is you're going <laughs> to donate a missile to one side of that conflict. Well, see, Where are you going with that the missile? North Star? I don't know why, and I think it might just be just from the sound of it. But I, I think that the, I think that the nation of Palestine should you just chose. really get that. Your grandfather would be turning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why there's a. I don't know why there's still an argument over who gets the holy land. I think you we were talking about heaven. Like who? Like what do you got to do to get into heaven? And I was like, I don't no. fucking. Well, know I was telling answer. Caroline earlier, the rapture already happened. We already missed it. Yeah, that, duh. That's what it all. The rapture happened the same day they shot Harambe, and that's why we didn't hear about it. That's fucked up because it's. Probably it's just true. like how Farrah Fawcett died on the same day as Michael Jackson. No, but then it would be like that. Nobody movie, cared uh, about Farrah Fawcett. Uh, she we like oh Farrah. And be... before we had time to put the TV show together, Michael Jackson fucking drank fentanyl in his face. Drank fentanyl in his face. Yes, what was he, it? That's what he did. Propofol but... and shit. And so then he totally upstaged Farrah Fawcett. That is exactly what's happening here. Well, I don't think that we would have experienced a rapture without the seeing... The rapture only I took a select number of people. I don't you think, don't that, think all those I, people were going? I think that we would have noticed. Have you, do you ever see the HBO series, The Leftovers? It, that was too many. That was too many people went missing. It's not Thanos taking half of the people. It's a very select few pure people. No, I think that there's Anytime probably. You see a nice old I think lady that you're missing. Bro? I think that you're talking about a solid five percent. I'm not saying fifty percent. I'm not saying five percent. Joe, saying, I'm saying roughly twenty. We would um, have noticed twenty. Joe, percent. This, this is an assignment for next week. I need you to write this down. That we need to find out how many nice old ladies went missing the same day Harambe was killed. We need to do a national search on CaseNet. That is a deep cut. We need to find out how many. Oh, I just watched Loose Change this morning while I was at work having my coffee, and uh, so I'm deep in the weeds with conspiracies right now. But I think the rapture already happened. I think we missed out. I don't think we were chosen, and I think it's going to be a bunch of missing old ladies. Sixty-four percent of libraries lost their lead. What is this li- library Librarian? sciences doctor person? That's a what the fuck are you the talking day about? The day the I don't know. I'm just making this up. Okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> the na- like- <laughs> the organization of libraries have <laughs> has lost their lead scientist the day that Harambe was, was killed. killed as a punishment. Yeah. To the humans. <laughs> you have to start with that allowed the death of Harambe. <laughs> yeah. We all know Harambe was protecting that child. <laughs> <laughs> and we just st- stood there and let it happen. <laughs> I, li- I like listening to the when when he starts to drag the kid. You can you just the the, the oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a moment that it, the, um, <laughs> it's all freaking out. Like, this is terrible. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's great. <laughs> we need to like cut that. It's great. That a sound I bite. was asking a question. I think before we got all sidetracked. I don't think you asked me if if Palestine <laughs> or Israel needed the Holy Land. That was a totally unnecessary question. No, who do you feel like was entitled to the Holy Land? We ask everybody that question. Palestine. Wow. Why? I don't know. I just feel like it sounds better. Whoa. Joe, write that down. That's a hot Pal- take. Palestinians We're gonna have to argue that on Twitter. and Israelis fighting over something that doesn't fucking matter for so goddamn long because it gives them something to get out of bed to do. Do you think it would be better if they the Palestinian, shared? I think that the Palestinians honestly deserve it better because they're... they're, they're um, you feel like they're the underdog? They're Yes, and their group uh, has a, a takes a longer time of their day to say their fucking name. <laughs> and that, you know, for that, they just deserve it. <laughs> Palestinian. 
That's that's annoying. <laughs> Israeli, go fuck yourself. The fucking Mossad is gonna fun, fucking shoot me in the head. <laughs> yeah, we, what was the last time we talked about this? Where the Israeli intelligence service is gonna come to my house, yeah. dressed as Jack in a Box, and shoot me in the fucking when you, head? When you, you call know, that guy... you know that no one dresses up for Jack in the Box. <laughs> you think like a delivery driver or like the dude with the big white head in the hat? No, no, no. He's gonna dress up like Jack from Jack in the Box. Oh, Jack. Okay, yeah. Um, and he's gonna come here and shoot me in the face well at uh, least you have that nice little peephole in your front door i know he's gonna do it through my hole oh, oh. <laughs> joe through, what else through the we... hole and of the hole joe what were we talking about before we were talking about Mossad was coming after me as jack yeah because you called that guy a zionist shill oh on fuck ultimate guitar you got, got wait hold on you gotta you gotta come back and re- revisit that zionist <laughs> shill okay so here's the thing on an episode of a podcast there was a your guy, podcast no Oh, not yours. Okay. On an episode of a podcast that I like, um, there was a guy who was talking about things that people make up about him online. They make up things. And one of them was that, oh, yeah, everyone on Reddit says you're a Zionist shill, which apparently means uh, like pro-Israel, like the sovereign uh, Hebrew peoples and whatnot. It's like, a, you know, it's like a pro-Jew thing, which I'm totally for. Like, I love... Um, my Jewish. Wait, are brethren. the Palestinians against being Jewish? Yeah, they're the Muslims. Oh, see, yikes, bro. Fuck. Well, then yeah, I think I messed up. This is the roughest <laughs> cut of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, clip that for the fucking gram. You have oh, to understand that I. You have to understand I that I, I made a blind decision. <laughs> I made a blind decision, not knowing any information that I needed to know about either of the groups. I have a few people I need to apologize to. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the Jews. I live in a quiet Jewish neighborhood. You live in Crave Coral with me? No, you city. But it's the nice, quiet part of you, city. Yeah, you know, not the part that the government was like, "Hey, you know, if you're black, you live this way, and if you're white, you live that 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 way." The government did that further down the loop. Yeah, down. down. I live. No, by I mean, I think that's why your neighborhood is, you know, more. Um, that's that's a nice Caucasian. spot. That's how that area opened up. You got like a like a duplex. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's that, fucking great. They're hard to get, you know. It's that. the fucking. I know. I think we got lucky, and the landlord's super chill, and we live right right next to House of India. So sometimes I walk out my front door and I just smell curry, mm, and it's like, nice. oh, oh, what a way to start your day. Jesus Christ, is it nine thirty? Oh yeah, we've been yeah. motherfucker. We got to wrap this up, oh, guys. Oh, that's another podcast. That's another episode of Jacob V Weekly. High five. Follow us wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever. You can bang it. You can also find original music by Jacob V and Too Deep on all of your music platforms: Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, so on. Exclusively on Bandcamp, you can find music from my old man Battlestag. I love those guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Malachi Envy, on Instagram at Jacob Allen V. What the fuck is Malachi Envy? I also curate a monthly playlist since May of 2020. I have one for each month on Spotify. Search for Jacob V's favorite songs and you'll see them all there. We did it, guys. Be safe. High five.